raw, real, intimate. You are now tuned into Bonnets and Durags, a Pillow Talk podcast. I'm your host, Via Simone. Let's get into it. Hi guys, how are you doing? How you doing? What's going on? What's going on? I'm excited for today. I made some some shit up and I think that it's gonna be fun. So, <laughs> so before we... always, always, always. I feel like I've been my in my creative bag since I've been back in Brooklyn. So I'm excited to see what's what's gonna come of it. But before we go ahead and get started and I explain what's going on, I want you each to explain who you are to the audience, tell the people who you are, what you've got going on, where they can find you, like all that. Good brother Roach, you go first. All right. Um, how y'all doing? My name is Roshas Ames. Um, Staten Island res- uh, resident, born and raised. Uh, you can find me on Wall Street usually. That's where my place of business is. Uh, if you have a business that needs any capital, I'm your guy. Bag talk. Very you. Right. <laughs> Bag talk. Quick flex. Money huh? calling. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But um, you already know what it is. Your most favorite lover, as always, Don Peasley from What's a Good Guy. Um, also known as Don the Camera Guy on social media. Don Peasley on all social platforms. And, you know, Queens native. Just say black man living in America, man. Amen to that. Love to hear it. Respect it. Yes. Okay, great. So I'm just going to go ahead and get right into it. So I made up this game called Mango Habanero. And the only reason why I call it Mango Habanero is because I have these two card games that I'm like obsessed with. Well, the first one's called We're Not Really Strangers, which literally is like it's more of a two person game where you literally just get to know each other by these like with these random questions. Um, They're really thought provoking. They're really deep. And from what I've heard, it can also lead to like some emotions, too. So we're going to get a little deep here. So that's the sweet side of it. And the spicy side of it is this game that I, I love called Truth or Drink. Um, where literally all the questions run the gamut, but there's a, a category called extra spicy that I think would be kind of fun to dive into too. So I was like, okay, why don't I take both card games at the same time, mix up the shuffle and get to know my friends more. So that is why I brought you two here. Cause I obviously I know and love you both, but I'm like, you know what? I think it'd be cool if I like got to know them just a little bit more and like just push their buttons a little bit. So let's see. How you feel about that? Amazing. I'm putting antics, <laughs> no the vibrations. All right, cool. So I'll go ahead. Um, what we're gonna do, so one, um, we're not really strangers. Like I said, the game is usually played um with two people. So usually you're pulling a card and you are asking that question to the person, and they're supposed to give you their response based on what they think of you. But because obviously everyone in the room doesn't know each other, I think it's just easier for me to pose the to switch the question and pose it. Um, just so that way you can answer and then I'll chime in so that we all can get to know each other. Sound good? Sound great. Okay. So I'll go ahead and get started. So I'm going to do a sweet card. And the first one is, do you think that people think that you're intimidating? So Roach, Don, either one, you want to go ahead and start. And if people think you're intimidating, why is that? I'll spark it. So, I have been told I can be very intimidating. And the main factor of that is, I guess, because I'm a jokester. And, like, I know I can play around a lot. 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes I got to catch myself and notice like, all right, this person is not equipped to handle all this shit that's going to come out of my mouth, basically. So my thing is, is if you catch me in that element and you don't know me, you're going to be like, wow, this guy's an asshole. You get what I'm saying? But if you do know me, you're like, ah, this is Roach being Roach. Like, don't take no heart to it. It's all love. So that's part of the reason why I feel like I, I come off intimidated. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to say me personally, I don't feel like I'm intimid- intimidating because people always woke up to me and talk to me. For some odd reason, it's, I have the face. Of, oh, hey, what's going on? My name is like two times last week. Somebody had like a five minute conversation with me about nothing. But my friends would say, like, oh, you're intimidating. People think you're like you're scary. You're big. I'm like, but personally, bro, I feel like I'm just I'm easy to approach. Hopefully. I pray to God people stop mm-hmm. coming up to me. But Wait, why? <laughs> I, even when we're in like wearing spots, Simone, like we'll we'll be hanging out and they woke up to you, they're like, oh, here's Simone from Barnes and Oh my God, how you doing? And you'll be mm-hmm. like, hey, hey. And then they woke up to me, like, hey, you're from what's a good guy? I'll be like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do be like that. What? Like, why is that? Or do you just not, you don't want to be the center of attention? Like people coming up to you and recognizing you as a public figure, makes you uncomfortable? All right, it's cool sometimes, but I'd rather them, I'd rather them do that to LaShawn. Okay. No. But, I mean, but it's a, it's a two-for-one package, though. You do realize that. Yeah, I know. I know. But <laughs> it's something I got to, you know, learn as the time passes. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think, I think as you guys get bigger, your platform grows, mm-hmm. you'll, like, have no choice but to get used to it. Um, and by then, you'll be media trained, so you'll be okay. Yeah, hopefully. Now, Roach, you're so you're saying that like what I'm hearing you say is that people don't really get your humor. They, I mean, I know that you're sarcastic. I think that sometimes people might take offense to sarcasm. That's not their their funny language. So Mm -hmm. how do you how do you handle that in a work setting? Do you feel like you have to tone it down? Oh, in a work setting, I'm completely different. Really? Oh, yes. Yeah. Like like like, in the work setting, like so. Okay, like first of all. Any job I, I, I get into, I vet people. I'm very observant. Uh-huh. And if you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm loud. I'm talkative. You're always going to hear my voice. You'll, and I have a very distinct voice. So you walk in the room, you're going to know uh, Roach is here. But like when I get to the workplace, if I just got there or like if I'm around people I don't really know, I don't say much. Mm-hmm. So I'm very observant and I, I figure out, OK, this person can tolerate my, my real personality and this person cannot. You get what I'm saying? So and and I feel like with people, you have to adjust to each person. You can't be the same with each person. Every relationship is different. So I just try to like vet people and and see, okay, what gets them upset? What doesn't get them upset? What do they find humor in? And I'm very good at like I, I feel I'm a social chameleon. So like whatever room you put me in, I'll adapt to it. And I feel like that's that's my gift. So I'm very good at that. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I definitely do think you're a social chameleon. Um, what I was going to ask you is I know that we've had offline conversations about how you feel like you've had to, ad- other ways you've had to adapt in your workplace. Oh, like, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, you can share as much information or as little information as you want. I'm not going to put you on blast, but I do want nah, you to- No, no, no. It's real life shit. Like, yeah. So I work in sales. Of course, mm-hmm. I have a very ethnic name. It's French. Uh, my name is Rochas. So a lot of people can't say that right. 
So, mm-hmm. so as a joke, I said, um, I'm going to switch my name. And my homeboy was actually like, nah, bro, do that. Cause I did it too. So like on the phone, I go by Ronald. It's much more receptive. It's easier to grasp. Plus I don't want to spend five to 10 minutes talking about how I got my name. My That's name true. is an automatic conversation starter. Yeah. What's your name? I, I tell people Roach off rip because I'm just so used to it. And they're like, oh, that's not what your mother named you. Ah, ah, ah. So then like once I get into the thick of, thick of my name, it, it begins a whole nother conversation. And I'd rather just skip that in the workplace. Mm-hmm. But I hate that, like as black people, we feel like we have to shrink ourselves to uh, I don't even know if it's if it's appeasing white people or just kind of like normalizing our, our presence in the workplace. Like that's hella frustrating. I get it. But it is. It whatever. is. It is. But to an extent, like, I also understand, like, all right, so we do have to conform in the workplace. Mm-hmm. But it's like growing up, it's, in, it's distilled in us already. Like, we have to work two times harder just to get what, you know, the Caucasians have. Absolutely. So it's like when that being said, and it's it's, it's kind of it's kind of sad, but it's it's the world we live in. We're so used to already knowing, like, all right, I can't do this in the workplace. I can't do that. Like, I can't. I can't say this. I can't say that because this is a, a conversation starter that I just don't want to have with, you know, coworkers. But one thing I will say about my job specifically, my boss does a very good job at creating a comfortable workplace. Mm-hmm. You understand? And a lot of it is being that he grew up in North Philly himself. So, like, he understands, you know, the culture and he's not opposed to coming into work with, you know, Jordans and a do-rag on. He might tell you, like, yo, when, when, when we clock this in... This is a black man? Nah, he's, he's, he's a Jewish white guy. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so he's like... <laughs> it doesn't, though. Like, and that's why I say, like, he, he makes it comfortable for us because, like, he understands, like, all right, I don't come from where they come from, but I think the biggest thing about him is he's willing to understand where we come from and he's willing mm-hmm. to put himself in our shoes. A lot of bosses aren't willing to do that. You know what I mean? A lot of bosses don't care where you're coming from. They don't care your history. Like, I literally sometimes pull my boss aside with stuff that's not even work-related, like real-life problems. Like, yo, bro, they're about to raise my rent or they're about to do this. Like, how do you cope with it? You know what I mean? And I know more money, more problems, and he's a very wealthy guy. So hearing his side of how he coped with coming up and, you know, the, the, the toils of, you know, being financially independent, I always listen to what he has to say. And that's mm-hmm. one thing I respect about my boy. So big up, Jeff. Shout out to you. He definitely put me in a different tax bracket in the last three years, so I can't <laughs> <Yes>. complain. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You you blessed, bro. I'm not going to hold you because a lot of people don't have that boss to, to Yeah, there. and I know oh, that. Like, and uh, I know that. It's, it's I know one, that. two, bro. It's like, oh, you're right. Hey, how you doing? And that's it, bro. Right, that's it, right. I found your check and that's it, bro. But with my, my job, boss didn't even speak to me at all. See, that's one thing I'll say. I walk in and like it's to the point where like I got to call him big bro because he'll see me and he'll be like, yo, come into my office. And I'll be like, yo, what's up? He's like, yo, something's off with you today, bro. You all right? And like he'll know. He'll know like, yo, I seen it. That's a good leader. Great leader because like. Yeah. Y'all hiring? Shit. (laughs) Everybody always asks that. I'm going to get a little personal. So like Uh early September, I was going through a bad breakup. And like, mm-hmm. I wasn't myself and like, I would come into work and you know me, I'm normally happy, go lucky. I'm always chatting, always talkative. And he sensed it immediately, called me into my office. Like, yo, what's going on? And I'm just like, what are you talking about? He's like, bro, 
you're looking very mopey. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm not hearing you on the floor like I used to. You're sounding very timid. Like, talk to me. What's going on? And that, to me, like, made me respect him. Yeah, it made me respect him Mm -hmm. so much more because it's like, wow, like, you're really attentive. Like, I'm not just an earner for you. I'm, I'm a friend. I'm a companion. You know what I mean? So, like, from that point on, it definitely grew our relationship to another spectrum. And, like, ever since then, like, that's my guy. <laughs> nah, see, Absolutely. I need, I, need, I need a boss like that. I ain't going to front. My boss, <laughs> my, boss is, my boss is Jamaican, so what's, what's up? Uh, how you doing? Uh, <laughs> it's how you doing, but I don't really want to know how you're doing. Just get to yeah, work. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. like I know I have to ask because this is a formality. Mm-hmm. And, and go back, speaking back on the um intimidating part, that's the only time I really feel like I have to be intimidating is during, during work. Because I don't know mm. if a lot of people do know I'm a um, process server. And if mm. for people that don't know what process serving is, I'm the people that give you the legal documents for like divorces and all of that type of stuff. Oh my god. I'm that guy. So wait, so you walk up to people like you've been served? <laughs> no, I, I have to say their name, like, okay, I'll go to businesses, go to the owners, like, oh, are you Frederick, whatever? They're like, yeah, I'm like, oh, I have some legal documents for you. Damn. I have to be in I have, have to be it is one time I legit went to work with a tight shirt on, bro. <laughs> so it's like because I know the person so they can see the muscles. Yeah, so the, the so the um the owner would know, like, yo, I right, I can't mess with him because sometimes we'll give people documents and they're not they're not taking it, or they'll kick you out or they'll disrespect you. Even attorneys will disrespect you because sometimes I have to go to the courthouses. So they'll push you around. So that's the only time mm-hmm. I really have to be intimidating. But you had to flex, yeah. So it's like that's the only time I I pride myself on being intimidating, bro. Uh huh. Other than that, it's like damn, that's an interesting job, bro. (laughs) Yeah, like how you can you imagine? Like yo, I know I'm giving him divorce papers. He don't even know they coming. Nah, they be they be sick, bro. They be sick. There's one guy. All right, not to get too personal with that person's business, but yeah, there was one one guy we had to serve him. We had to serve him when his when he was at work, cause his wife was packing her stuff to leave, cause he's abusive. Oh. It's one of those cases, like okay, okay, spicy, like, yeah, yeah, divorce cases like that, divorce cases, um, property, properties, take people taking over their property, um, it's a lot of stuff, man. That's I I could say this, bro. It's fun sometimes. Sometimes it's overwhelming, but um. Probably a couple of days out of the week, I'll feel joy out of it. It's, it, can, it sounds bad. <laughs> legal documents, but I feel like no one I have, like, I have problems, but this prob- this person's problems worse than mine. Yeah, yeah, like, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, nah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. 100%, bro. Yeah. Hold on, really quick. I'm going to go get my computer charger. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Nah, that's a fact, bro. Because I know people <laughs> be calling me with some, like, stories, like, yo, I need money for my business. My grandfather just died. I have cancer. I'm like, damn, like, and they don't even be qualifying, bro. So it's like, I got to break that news. And I'm like, yo, listen, I cannot help you. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, for loans and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like, I can't help you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, sometimes I be connecting with people. Like they're people of color. You can hear it. Like one time I had this lady right before the pandemic hit. She was um she she owned a um a, a soul food business in Atlanta, mm-hmm. bro. As as the pandemic hit, you know nobody was looking to buy outside food because they're like we don't know if we're gonna catch yeah. it from this. So mm-hmm. like she's looking for a, a new refrigerator. 
just to keep the business going because she's like, yo, if the health inspector come in and see the refrigerator went out, like uh, we're done. And I'm just like, yo, I can't do nothing for you. The banks don't want to give no no restaurants money. So it's like, oh. and I'm talking to her name with like, she, I was calling her oh ma, and like it was just <laughs> like, and I felt her pain and like to the point where like I literally wanted to fly to Atlanta myself. Nah. Like, yo, we yeah. gonna get a new refrigerator for you. Let me ask you a question, brother. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Since you was feeling so um, you know, connected to her, did you cash up her brother? No, no, and it's only because you it's it, only bro, because. Wall Street, bro. Listen, listen, but it's only because my boss said it perfectly. Like he was like, "Listen, I understand you want to help your people, but you also got to realize you can't help everyone. Like if you yeah. go cash app in every business that you couldn't get a loan, gonna, what are you gonna, gonna have help. for yourself? You get what that's I'm saying? Like, and it's like it's a tough it's a tough pill to swallow, but it's like that's true. Even down to family, he was like, "Bro, like I'm gonna tell you right now." You're going to start making money and a lot of your family is going to start expecting more from you. You have to be comfortable telling them no, because if you're not, where's it going to stop? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where's the you're always going to be that guy to bail them out and they're never going to, you know, really want to do for themselves or take risks because they know ah, Roach is going to bail me out. He's you got me. You're gonna be, you know what I mean? You become the crutch. Exactly. You become the crutch. I become an enabler and, and I'm not doing that. So like. The first few months, like the first few months I really started seeing money in my industry, I, I sat my family down like, yo, listen, this is what I'm going to take care of. This is what I'm going to do. Certain things y'all not going to have to worry about. You know what I mean? As far as, you know, when you come to New York, right. I have a crib. I have rooms situated for y'all because everybody like moved out of New York. Like my sister's in Africa, my other sister's in VA, and my mom's in PA. But it's like I told them, like, you'll always have a home here. I'll always take care of that. But like as far as everything else just like I did, y'all got to figure it out. You understand what I'm saying? And that's that's the motto I live by in life. Like, figure it out. Anytime plan A don't work, I go all the way to plan Z and we'll figure it out. Now, um, what are you? Are you the oldest? Nah, I'm actually the baby of the family. Oh, nah. <laughs> do I'm the baby of the family. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I've been doing this since 22. Like, a lot of people don't know only close, close friends. But, like, I've probably been living on my own since about 15, 16. And it was like different circumstances. So it's like basically growing up, my sister had gone to college in VA. My other sister was removed from the house for a long time. She was in um, the army. And my mom, she she found a better working situation in Pennsylvania. So I had a I had an ultimatum. It was either live with my cousins in Brooklyn or, you know, stay home by myself. My mom was uncomfortable at first with me staying home by myself. So I went to live with my cousins in Brooklyn. You you actually know them, um, Simone uh Purse. Oh, those are your cousins? Yeah, those are my that. cousins. So I okay. was I was living with them for about maybe like the first two or three months of freshman year, uh sophomore year. And then I mm -hmm. told my mom like, you know, like I feel like I'm imposing on Kenny's space. You know what I mean? Like we both growing mm -hmm. boys, like we both have similar interests, but at the end of the day, like, you know, we are own men, you know what I mean? And like, yeah. if you know me and Kenny, you know, we thick as thieves, you know what I mean? Like our birthdays mm -hmm. are probably like two weeks apart. We're both Sagittarius's, similar interests. We both work around each other now too. So it's like, that was my guy. But I was like, you know what? Uncomfortable places, I love it because that's when you grow. Mm -hmm. So I told my mm -hmm. mom, like, yo, just let me stay home by myself. Give me bread for food and the rest I'll figure out myself. And from there, everything just went right. Like, I started buying and selling sneakers. So, like, I'll be walking around school with, like, six, $700 in my pocket thinking oh I was my God. shit. Wait, so you were paying rent at 16? No, nah, I wasn't paying rent. 
I didn't start oh, paying okay. rent till like 22. But at 16, okay. like my mom has situated it so that like, all right, cool. I didn't have to pay rent. And my uncle Percy worked. He he basically was like the management of all the buildings in my area. So like that okay. was like my watchful eye. I call him my dad because like he really was there. So like mm-hmm. I didn't really have too much to want for. But like as far as like, you know, little kid shit, you know, you in high school, you want the new sneakers, you want the newest clothes. I made sure my mom yeah. never had to come out of pocket for that. All that stuff I handled myself. Mm-hmm. Now, my fault for cut you off. Um, so now when somebody comes into your space, your crib, they're staying for a little while. Does it bother you? Does it make you uncomfortable since you first of all, first of all, you gotta you gotta put in like a notice to come to my crib because I'm very <laughs> I'm very big on who I let in my personal space. Like coming yeah. to college, I didn't know no better. So you know, college, you're like, oh, I'll kick it with anybody. But as you get older, you start realizing like those energies rub off on you, and sometimes it's not good. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, and like yeah. when you have cancerous people around you, just like real cancer, it spreads. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I try to v- monitor a lot who I keep or allow to, to enter my crib. But if somebody does stay a couple days, I don't mind it. But it's like after like, you know, three, four days, it's like, all right, bro. You know what I mean? Like you got to shake this. Yeah. Like, you know, where you at? Like, time to go home. Yeah, it's time, it's time to go home. Whoa. Figure it out. Right. <laughs> So, um, Roach, earlier you were alluding to relationships. So, and I'm sorry to hear about your breakup. I didn't know that you two weren't together anymore. It's all good. It's all good. Um, The question I did have, um, it's on the card, is what's the worst thing that you've done in a relationship? The worst thing I've done? Mm -hmm. And how would you, and I'm adding on, how would you have gone back and fixed it? The worst thing I've done is probably thinking that, you know, I'm I'm a big picture kind of guy. So like I'm always thinking like all right, bigger picture. I'm doing this, why do you even worry about that? You know what I mean? Like I wasn't major on the little things. I was like, yo, I'm trying to do this. If you can't see that, why are you like you you worried about this? I'm I'm trying to think bigger. You get what I'm saying? But I yeah. I realize, you know, through age and time like you got to focus on the little things. Because the little things that mean nothing to you mean everything to somebody else. And I feel like that's what I learned most importantly. Like, you have to be very considerate and sympathize with your significant other, even if it seems, you know, outlandish or, or or minuscule. Yeah, that'd be the perfect word, minuscule to you. So I think that'd be probably... And I reflected a lot after that breakup. I was like, you know what? Because I'm, I'm a realist. Like, I, I always look at both sides of the spectrum. And keep it real with myself. You know what I mean? So, like, if I'm not doing something right or if I feel like, all right, this is where I could have done better, I may not be the first person to say it, but I'll definitely, if it, if it touches my ears, I'm, I'm, I'm very good at checking myself and my ego. Yeah, absolutely. I feel that a thousand percent. What about you, Don? Um, I'm going to piggyback of what he says, uh, what he said um, with the, the taking things as it being minuscule to me. But to her, they're large because my thing is, like, I'll do something small, like change the radio. She listens to a song. Bruno Mars comes on. Oh, I'm listening to the song. I'll change it. She'll be like, well, I'll listen to that. I will say, well, you be all right. <laughs> so, like, you dismiss it, then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, please don't use that word. That's triggering. <laughs> so, Ooh, sorry, um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Wait, what word you said? What word you said? Dismissive. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's little stuff like that, like, um... 
I'll I'll throw something away. She's like, oh, I was using now, but yo, you be all right. You tough, right? Like it's I think it's because it's the friendship. It's the friendship aspect. That's why I hit her with the oh, you be all you tough, right? So mm-hmm. I have to learn how to separate the friendship from the relationship sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because I legit treat her like she's one of my like my bros, like. So mm-hmm. that's my that's my biggest thing I do in a relationship. I Yeah, my because first, my you... first one, so yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. This is your first relationship? First, I, one, first, we're oh, one out of high school, bro. Uh-uh. Stop the mother looking Wait, first how old are you? Oh, out, of out, of uh, out of high school. Out of high school, bro. Oh. How old are you? 26. I I'm not going to lie. Like, I, didn't, I, didn't have a real, I didn't have a real relationship until I didn't date all four years of high school. I had maybe like one or two girlfriends in college, nothing serious. I don't think I really like. I didn't have my first real relationship till after college. Like, what constitutes something as a real relationship? So, real relationship means you actually care. Like, let me tell you something about men. This is is guy code. Hold on, hold on. I'm, 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 I'm I'm gonna keep it real. I'm gonna keep it real. This is guy code. (laughs) All them girls that we dated. If all we did was pull up to your crib or, you know, nothing's if, if we ain't never taken a trip or something, you get what I'm saying? It probably wasn't real. You get what I'm saying? Like real for a man is like, yo, I got to tell her like, yo, my feelings is hurt. Like when you got to tell a woman your feelings is hurt. That's like, a yo, real I have, relationship. I have feelings, bro. <laughs> like, yo, I yeah, got like, feelings, yo, bro. yo, because I'll tell you one thing right now. If I didn't, if and. and if I, if I don't see this as a real relationship, anything you do, like, I, I'll probably get fake mad just to just to stir up the pot a little bit. But like, <laughs> Go for it. You got to make it a little spicy. You yeah, you got to make it a little spicy. Just going, to, you know what yeah. I mean? But it's like, I really don't care. I really don't care yeah. what you do. Do, you, do your thing. you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care what you do. <laughs> and if I find out you did do something, it's like, mm, well, I didn't care. So now I'm free. Yeah, but my, like, I, was, when you hear DTB really in the background... And I'm, I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm in a bag. It's over. Your toothbrush. You hear what in the background? DTV by DTV, A Boogie. Your tooth, your toothbrush was my Jordan cleaner. When I start saying that, then then it was real. You understand what I'm saying? Like, okay. But um, okay. yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a real relationship till till my parents started knowing her name and she's like legit here. Mm-hmm. Like she could walk in the crib if she wanted to. Type Bob. Mm. vibes. Yeah, I was gonna ask you because. From my understanding, the premise of your relationship started on a friendship, correct? Mm-hmm. So, how important how important do you think it is to establish that like friendship basis first before getting that's, into a relationship, or do you think that's too murky? That's key. That's key because mm-hmm. every um every dealing I had with a um with anybody was I straight shot for the relationship part. I went in a relationship fast. I never had one before. Mm-hmm. Everybody making it look good, so I was like, yo, you know what? I want part to that. So. Mm-hmm. At first, it was just me and her kicking it, you know, Applebee's, doing it, just random random places, bowling. Don't sleep on them so I was like, yo, Do not sleep on Applebee dialeritas. Hold on. That's a mood right there. I, I need like six of them to get fraud, but that's another <laughs> story for another time. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, bro, I feel like that aspect is lacking in a lot of relationships out here. Like, a lot of people don't know the significant partner, significant other at all. Yeah. Like they will say, Oh, what's my favorite color? And it, the other person would just blurt out a random color. It's like, yo. Do you even know me? Oh. I was talking to yeah. Simone about this actually not too long ago. I said, people, the reason why our relationships really fail in the first like six months, two years is because mm-hmm. 
the honeymoon stage, people are not being themselves, bro. You're okay. being you're being who you think this person, person wants you to be. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's why when you finally get invested, people unleash the shit. You know what I'm saying? People get tired of pretending after a while. Exactly. And now it's like, all right, I know you're emotionally invested now. I know I'm emotionally invested. Now I can show you the real me. And I feel like that's so ass backwards. You get what I'm saying? So I feel like, I feel like that's what we do that's detrimental to us as a generation. We like to play the role. And it's because of social media plays a role into that. Like, People see this this being of you on your social media and like that's who they fall in love with. And it's mm -hmm. like now you have to be that person every day. Seven, like, you get what I'm saying? Bro, it's like, yo, bro, that's right. not me all the time. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, people right. see me and they're like, oh, he's always joking, he's funny. Ah, and it's like, bro, yeah, but like that's that's one time, piece bro. of me, a minuscule <laughs> right. piece. Like, so I feel like that's really why like shit don't be working, bro. We over here portraying this, and then it's like you realize, oh my god. This person has none of my interest at heart. Another mm -hmm. thing is too, a lot of people don't like to be vulnerable too. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. a big thing. Like I, vulnerability for me, I couldn't know. You want to know what about me? Now I know everything about you. You're not going to know nothing about me. That's a dub. That's a dub. Mm -hmm. You don't know my first name yet. It's six months since you don't know my first name yet. That's a fact. Vulnerability. That's a fact. That's a... And for some reason, our generation like puts this, this like, coolness on not having feelings. And I hate that. Yeah, I, I don't know what that's about. I hate yeah. that shit. Because it's, it's like, yo. The and like unbothered and shit. Like, I just yeah, don't, like, I don't get it. You know? There's nothing cool about that, bro. Especially in a relationship. Right. Like, women say it all the time. Like, you act like you don't care. Mm -hmm. And it's like, mm -hmm. that's not a good thing, bro. Like, nobody right. wants to be with somebody who's emotionless. That's disgusting. Right. Because right. it's like, everything I care about, you're, not, you're never going to care because you just don't give a fuck. And I don't think right. that's cool at all. I feel like the realest people are very in tune with their emotions and they're not afraid to let you know, like, yo, listen, you got me fucked up, bro. <laughs> but they go front. You can say that to Simone. You can say that to a person. No. It doesn't matter if the person don't care. It's one exactly. to one and out the other, though. Exactly. Right. right. No, no, no. No, you good. You good. <laughs> I, um, I wanted to touch on um, social media because one of the questions that I pulled, it said, what does your Instagram say about you? So if people, if you, if somebody were to come to you and be like, or well, no, let me just say this. What do you think, think people think of your Instagram? What do you think they think of okay. you because of your Instagram? I gotta look, I gotta look at my Instagram. Right um, yeah, take a moment, look real quick. <laughs> I, um, I mean, I, I could start. I feel like, uh, and I've heard this before. People think that my life is perfect because mm. I, I do have this thing where like I post my highlights, I post my wins. And um, at one point I was sharing like my low points, um, but I felt, I felt too vulnerable. There's that word again. I felt too vulnerable. So I didn't want to share, showcase that or share that with people. So what I would just end up doing is just taking long social media breaks and just popping up with my next win. So I think that the perception of that people have of Via Simone is literally like, oh, she has this perfect life and she's in, she was in this perfect relationship and she was, you know, it has this perfect job and she's doing all these amazing opportunities with her, with CCNYC, you know, and it's like, you just didn't know what was actually happening behind, behind closed doors. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I, and I've always said that, like, I kind of treat my Instagram kind of like a cover letter anyway, because you have your resume that speaks to your experience and the things that you do, but your Instagram is like kind of showcasing that, like is exemplifying that. So that's why I also am very calculated with the kind of content that I put on my feed too. 
See, for mine, I would say people think I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Because even with um I before pandemic started, I went out to brunch with a few friends, shout out to John for his birthday. Mm-hmm. And then one of the guys saw my IG story, he was like, yo, Don, you're always with mad cool people, bro. Like, you're always with the industry people, bro. Like, you're so cool. You got it. Like, you're on. I'm like, bro, like, me hanging out with people that have this so-called clout doesn't mean I'm, 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 I'm on. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, bro. I say this every chance I get, bro. I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing, bro. Mm-hmm. Every day I try to figure it out, figure it out. And it's like, it gets harder and harder. The closer I get, the fir- it feels like the further I get. Absolutely. So, like you, you gotta go. You know, you're doing your thing. You know, you're modeling, your photography. Like, bro, I, I don't know what I'm doing, bro. I'm just here. Yeah, I'm here it's literally day by day, moment by moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? You know what? I realize why people say that is simply because you're relentless. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, when you don't quit, people feel like, oh, he knows what he's doing. It's like, nah, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know what I'm doing. I just refuse to quit. A lot of people are not, and 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 I'll say this because we have so many popcorn millionaires now. A lot of people are not accustomed to pushing through adversity. You get what I'm saying? And it's hard for them to want to when you got people like Lil Pump, uh, Kodak Black, um, you know, just these the influences, Desi, B. Simone, like these people are making a bag off of what seems like nothing. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's like. We don't know what goes on behind the scenes. We don't know how hard these people work. We don't know how many no's these people receive. But because we didn't see them one moment and the next moment, boom, they're everywhere and they're all over our TV screens and our social medias, we feel like, oh, they're just a popcorn success. I can do that. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people aren't accustomed through pushing through that adversity. So when they see a guy like you who's just like, you know what I mean, in the loop but not on their screens so, like, you know, predominantly yet they're like oh he knows what he's doing because he's getting somewhere and it's just like nah bro i just refuse to stop moving you get what i'm saying yeah really is not an option bro i'm not gonna lie to you bro that's the one thing i i got from this whole being a creative hanging around people like Timon. it's like yo bro failure is not an option bro i wouldn't even me personally i wouldn't even say failure is not an option i would just say failure is not a deal breaker for me you get it's what I'm saying? Answer. Because in order to succeed, you need failure. Mm-hmm. It's an option. Come on, Pastor Rose. You got, okay. not, I'm not even trying to preach, but I just know like, because, like, no, no, that's good though. That's a good word. Bro, there yeah. were there were many days, especially mm-hmm. in my first year of working on Wall Street, where I had to go to the bathroom, splash water on my face, like, "Yo, bro, they're gonna fire you. Let's <laughs> like, let's let's, and and it's gonna be okay." You get what I'm saying? And like. Through that, though, I never stopped going to work. I never let it make me timid. I never stopped wanting to grow because I was like, listen, I'm going to do my best. And if they fire me, fuck it. It's God's plan. But I know Mm -hmm. I'm going to do whatever it takes. So, like, I'm in there early before everybody else. I'm pulling up on Saturdays when, you know, people are enjoying their weekends and stuff like that. Like, I'm, I'm pulling my bosses aside. Like, yo, bro, listen, I'm hitting a wall. How do I get over this? You get what I'm saying? Like... I feel like that Nipsey said it best. Like, I, I, it's not that I got it figured out. It's not that I know what I'm doing. I just didn't quit. That's the only difference between me and anybody else. You get what I'm saying? So I feel like that indifference alone, failure is an option, but it's not a deal breaker. 
Absolutely. I love that so much. One, so the next question, yes, absolutely good word. The next question I have is, when was the last time you cried? What happened? And do you need a hug? <laughs> um, the last Virtual time hug. I cried was my cousin's passing, I think, last June. I'm not a crier. I'm I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not a sensitive guy. I'm a sensitive guy. Like certain sh- a lot of shit will make me feel away. I just won't let it be known cuz I don't want certain people to feel like they could rattle me, but I'm a very yeah. sensitive guy, but I do not cry. And like this cousin personally was very close to me and like he never told anybody he was sick. So when he passed, it was like a shock to the whole family. Mm-hmm. But he he left bread behind. He he already knew like how he how it was gonna go down yeah so like he took care of his funeral he set bread aside for the family and like in that moment I, I cried but I was like you know what I realized why he did it he didn't want anybody to treat him differently he wanted his last days to go on normally as it would any other day you get what I'm saying so it's like that was the last time I, I really could say I cried besides that man I don't be crying yeah <laughs> oh, oh. I'm, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to yeah, nah, that's all good I'm, I, I, I moved through it I moved through it. Yeah. Um, damn. The last time I cried was um, it's when um, Mac Miller dropped Circles. Mm. Um, there's one song on there. Uh, I think it was Hand Me Downs. I was laying up with my um my significant other, and I was just thank God she was sleeping, bro. <laughs> Boy, I was boiling my eyes out, bro. It was just. Has she not seen you cry before? She seen me tear up. Um, oh, okay. I think it was she seen me tear up when I didn't get a job that I really wanted. Mm. But, um, but yeah, it's just um, listen to Matt Miller during that time, and I feel like a lot of stuff in my life wasn't going right. So I I don't know why, but I thought I'm like you know what I took access to this new Matt Miller today. Let me listen to it. Sat there, I'm like all right, I'm I'm enjoying a couple songs, and after everything just hit me, it was like boom. Everything that was going wrong in my life just hit me at once. It was like, yo, I can't, I can't hold this in anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. I could say that I'm not, a, I'm not a big crier, like, but holding it in doesn't help. So yeah, I feel like that helped me down for the, during this whole pandemic. <laughs> I hold you, bro. I, I needed that before the pandemic. Yeah. Listen, every now and then you need a good cry session, bro. Life is right. hard, man, especially yeah. in New York City. Life is hard. The cost of living is high. <laughs> everybody's everybody's one bad bad check away from homelessness like bro you gotta let it out every now and then and we got to deal with no. the oppressors i mean i ain't gonna front too much stuff going <laughs> you gotta deal on with the, what? the oppressors he said. oh the oppressors absolutely no lot, i'm taking man. full advantage of that it's a lot i'm taking full advantage of that white guilt when's the last time you cried miss simone um just a couple hours ago she said a couple um, hours ago <laughs> I cry often, um, whether it's sad tears, happy tears, whatever. But I was watching the show on Netflix called Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a spoiler alert for if anybody is listening and watching. But um, there was a moment where the award winners were black. They were black. They were black people. They were Asian people. Um, the people who were leading the production company were Jewish. And I think it was just one of those kind of like happy cries where I was just like, the, the setting is in 1948, so it was in a, a Jim Crow era. And obviously this is a fictional story, but just the fact that like, um, you know, people who 
are disadvantaged, underrepresented people of color, like were succeeding and they and they were winning. And I think it just kind of was just like one of those things that was like a tearjerker moment because it's like, yo, like our people really can be in the spotlight, but our mm-hmm. the oppressor makes us feel like we we can't, you know. So mm-hmm. it was just it was just like the the that happy kind of like cry where I was just like, damn, like no. And plus, I, I'm very invested. I was very invested in the show. The show's over, but I was very mm-hmm. invested in the show and the characters and their love interest. So yeah. no, I feel you. I, I shed a little tear to Entourage. I'm not gonna lie. You know, I've never watched that show. Like I, I've seen it. The, like the character development it. and growth in Entourage is literally beautiful. Really beautiful, and and I love that show. I can watch it. The only show that made me do that was Grace. I can't for it, bro. I, Grace yeah, Anatomy, I heard, I heard I'm, I'm good. I'm not mm-hmm. watching that ever again. I'm not watching. My girl. <laughs> I was like, oh, let's, let's watch Grace Anatomy again. I'm like, yo, bro, no. Bro, <laughs> I'm gonna sit here and watch my wife and kids, bro. I want to laugh, bro. <laughs> I want to enjoy my. I want to enjoy my night. Now I have a question. As black men, do you think that um, the parental figures in your life? try to instill in you to be strong, to be tough. So that way, you know, they like, they, did they say that they didn't want you to show emotion? Do you feel like that's kind of why maybe subconsciously you're like, I don't cry. I'm not oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, think about it. Even, even, even not even from parentals, if you want to go into like, you know, uncles, cousins, aunts, even anytime, even you know, anytime something happens, freak. you know, you're always being told, Hey, suck it up. Men don't cry. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, from young we're instilled like all right you don't have feelings you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. you can't feel and and for a long time i felt like as a black man you're not allowed to feel you have one responsibility and one responsibility only that is to provide you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. and for the longest i felt like you know you, nobody cares about my problems they only care mm-hmm. if i'm providing or not you understand what i'm saying and when i'm providing everything's sweet and when i'm not they don't care why i'm not providing it's just that I'm not providing. I felt that way for a long time. So I, I will say we are definitely, definitely instilled in us at a young age that we are taught like, yo, don't cry. You know what I mean? Suck it up. Hey, real man handles their responsibilities. Ah, ah, ah. But it's like, definitely. We definitely lack some emotional support, if I would say that, at a young age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole um, parentals, um, it's, it's always, oh, you want me to give you something to cry for? Anything mm-hmm. like that, even with being in... Um, in places we grew up in, like um, oh, don't show love. That was never an that was never an option for us. It was like, oh, all right, don't show love to anybody. Don't let anybody know you have emotions. Don't, show, don't show love. Don't show love. Love will get you killed. So like being emotionalist. Yeah, that get you killed. That that's okay. how you get set up. So okay. that's why I was always it was difficult to break that um, to break that mindset to um, re- reprogram myself to um, let people in. Even um, mm-hmm. people at work, letting them in was difficult for me. Just I was always be by myself. Even school, I tried to have too many friends, even though I ended up having a lot of friends in um, high school. But being vulnerable to people was just not. It was not. It didn't, it didn't feel like a good idea. Yeah, it never. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't it something like that crossed idea, your mind right? frequently. Yeah. I, I'll yeah. say I agree with that because like. Even till this day, I'll be like, yo, I don't want to tell nobody my problems. Because at the end of the day, I feel like we all have problems. You understand yeah, what I'm saying? Wanna, I don't want to feel wanna like you're a burden, bro. I, I, not, mm-hmm. not only that, I just feel like you can't possibly really care 
and, and it's fucked up that I think this way, but it's like you can't possibly really care because at the end of the day, you're like, man, I got X, Y, and Z to deal with. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's I like, I hear you. Yeah, it's like, I hear you, but it's like, yo, bro, I, I got my own shit. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, with that being said, yeah, and it's like, with that being said, I was just always like, so what am I even going to waste time telling you for? You're not really going to care. I'm better off just, you know what I mean, holding this burden on my back and figuring it out. And I realized that that's not good. You know what I mean? Like, even if the person doesn't care, sometimes it's just good to say it out loud and get it off your chest. Like, yo, this shit is bothering me. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and I realized that you can't do that with everyone. But if you have someone that you can just tell your problems to unbiasedly, cool. You get what I'm saying? But also, I'm very big on I'm not going to talk about your problems more than twice. Mm-hmm. After that, we got to talk about solutions. You get what I'm right. saying? I'm not just going to sit here and talk about problems, 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 because I'm very big on manifestation. And if you continue right. to keep that on you, it's only going to manifest itself throughout everything in your life. I try right. to stay 70 and sunny all the time. Although it's 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 very unbelievable and it's not you know what I mean like it's it's not always yeah. achievable. It's 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 it's, right. it's best to work yourself out that way because when you when you constantly think in an optimistic space, it it'll literally like spread throughout everything. And I I'm firm believing that because I watched it happen in my own life. So like mm-hmm. when people come to me with their problems, I'm always willing to listen the first time. The second time, I'm gonna be like. Mm. But I'll hear you out. If you're trying to talk about the same issue a third time, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm not going to talk about it. How are we going to fix the problem? And if it's more so you just want to soak in it than fix it, then boom, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, some people just want to vent, though. Like, nah, yeah, and I understand that. I, and, and I had to learn that, too. You can't always give advice. Sometimes yeah, you, you just have to listen. listen. People don't always want advice. They just want you yeah. to listen. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like... I had to learn, and and me being a person that I am, like I told you, I only want to talk about the problem twice. I had to learn, like, all right, bro, sometimes these people just want you to listen. Don't say nothing. So sometimes you got to hit them with the, yeah, that's crazy. You know what I mean? But it's like, it's not even coming from a place like I don't give a fuck, but it's like, damn, I understand you just want me to listen. I can't really chime in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. No, no, that's that's an important role as a friend. You're right. Like, like you said, not everyone is seeking advice. Sometimes people just want to vent. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that you pointed that out. <laughs> um, so to change, so that way we don't get like too too deep to change it up. Here's a spicy question. Describe your first time having sex and include every cringy detail. <laughs> My mom is in the other room. Mommy, <laughs> tell me to take a um, the walls I'll start. I'll start because I dad don't care. <laughs> me and the girl is cool now, but okay. like, and I, it was to me, like to me, I grew up in an all women household. So like I was taught like, you know, respect women, yada, you know, the whole 10 yards. And I, and I firm believe in that. I feel like I'm a feminist. So mm-hmm. one thing for me, it was just like, I always used to have to hear about like the male standpoint from like cousins and guy friends and it was scary at first because the way males think honestly is like weird to me because i grew up in an old women household so it's like certain shit hearing was just like whoa and like i'm not gonna lie i was a late bloomer i didn't lose my virginity till about like junior year high school everybody in ford knows it too because i got clowned for it so wait me too yeah so so it was like (laughs) for me i was like all right 
it was summer going into junior year. I'm like, I'm, I'm about to turn 16. I, I got to see what the hype is. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows, and I hate to put this label, but you know, there's fast girls out there. So everybody knows the fast girls around the neighborhood and shit like that. So I went that route and I was just uh, like, hate to see it. I was like this. I'm not going to lie. My first instinct was like, yo, this is whack. Like this is what this is what niggas go crazy for, skip school for, a lot of their parents for, <laughs> sneak out the house for. It's not all that. You get what I'm saying? Like cringy details. Ugh. It, let's just put it like this. It was like throwing a hot dog down a hallway. You get what I'm saying? Like <laughs> it was like bro, it was like throwing a hot dog down the hallway. And like through age, I realized like, of course, that's it doesn't mean anything. But I was just like, all right, this is uninterested. Cringy detail. I, I told her my uncle was coming home to kick her out. Like I was just like, so ugh. I didn't even ejaculate so i was just like yeah this is not it um my uncle's well, pulling up you got first, you gotta go wasn't like <laughs> wasn't the first body ball. terrible <laughs> nah terrible first body bro terrible like terrible we worked out the kinks though as life got along but <laughs> so, you, so you went back for seconds no nah, i didn't i didn't it was it was wham bam thank you ma'am like ma'am <laughs> right. and like till this day we still cool like she's the homie Mm-hmm. But, so that's laughable. Yeah, it's laughable now. But she doesn't. I don't. I don't think I ever told her like, "Yo, you're the one to take my." I don't think I ever will. Oh, yeah. she doesn't know that you. Yeah, were she didn't know. Uh-huh. Like so, when I hear that J Cole song, like when he was like, um, "Wet dreams," huh? Wet, oh, wet, yeah, wet, wet dreams. dreams. When I hear "Wet Dreams," I laugh every time because, like, bro, I can relate. <laughs> I was talking spicy, like I knew what I was doing, and I have a damn clue. Like looking at the clue, I was looking at the pussy like a Rubik's cube, bro. Like what? Is- I'm done. <laughs> like hold on, one, two, three. Which one is? It? Well, oh, bro, you wasn't, you wasn't, you wasn't practicing. You wasn't doing your research, brother. Bro, I no research, bro. We straight wing it. Listen, I tell you, I figure it out on the whim, like. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I think mine's mine's the same same time though. Um, I think was it like I was sixteen. It was my girlfriend at the time. Came over, whatever you know. Um, right after school, chilling. Came upstairs. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's see what's going to go. It's going to go. It's going to happen. Kissing or whatever. She said, "Let's do it." I said, <laughs> "Yo, bro, I, bro, I have." Yo, I'm shook, bro, because it's it's not on my mom right now, bro. I wanna I wanna watch Payton uh-huh. Full, bro. I wanna watch Payton Full. I watch Payton Full every day. So boom, go, <laughs> go get the um, you know, go get the um, you know, the the, the protection or whatever. The PBE, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get the protection. I ain't gonna lie, I did my. I don't know what you was doing, brother, but I practiced. <laughs> <laughs> he said I practiced. Yeah, man. Listen, listen. If I sat here and said I thought everything through before I did it, I'll be telling you a goddamn lie. Uh, I'm one of those impulsive ass people that just go with the flow. Like fuck it, we gonna do it. We out. You know, you know why I couldn't do that? Because if I would have broke up with her, she was a Twitter. She was one of those Twitter girls that had mad followers. So I would have. Oh, you would have been blasted. Yeah, you would have got blasted. Oh man. So moment that happens, I, I ask it. This is this is when I knew what I was doing right in life. I asked her, "Are you sure?" <laughs> 
Oh. Let's clap it up for a consensual young black man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Are you sure? So what happens? Then she... I, she... <laughs> Put her legs in the air. Right? I'm getting a little too detailed, but legs in the air. Her legs started shaking. So <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Oh, your first time. Yeah. What? Shaking. Okay. So me, I have heart problems. So I'm about to have a heart attack. You all right? You okay? You okay? <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah, all right. Let's 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 end this because I don't know what's going on with you. Yo. <laughs> so as I'm pulling out, I don't have a lock on my door. My cousin opens the door. Oh my god! Oh, it's it's not a guy either. It's my older. Oh female my god! She's screaming yeah. at you. I know it. She's screaming at you. Nah, she she was like, nah, she like, was, oh, like she curses and she closes the door. But um, uh-huh. another cringy detail. This young lady that was my girlfriend at the time, before she dealt with me, she also had sex with my cousin. So. <laughs> Did you know that? I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. Ah, damn. She kept it in the family. Yeah. Hey, I like um, y'all. Y'all was raised right. Let me highlight your cousin. (laughs) So, but, um, yeah. Same thing thing that you did, brother. She doesn't know. Yeah, I was... Mm. Won't tell her. Won't tell her. She took mine. Can't do it. I, I don't know why. I go down the ground before that. Listen to this episode. They gonna know now. So shit. She be alright. She not gonna know. <laughs> there you go. It was over ten years ago. Okay. Nah. Nah, okay. Be- uh, mine. I um. Thomas upstate. I was fifteen, mm-hmm. and um, I actually was the last person at the lunch table who hadn't had sex. And they used to clown me every day for it. Like I would never hear the end of it. And yep. I, there was a guy that like I was talking to that used to like pick me up. Oh Lord, I feel, if my parents listen to this episode, oh they I'm used sorry. to pick you up. <laughs> oh, you was one of the fifteen-year-olds, <laughs> one of them college dudes. He was no, he, oh no, okay. I, I was in tenth grade, and he was in eleventh grade. He went to another okay. school. Oh, okay, 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 um, okay, okay. I was so about he used to say, to pick me up. uh-uh, no, I ain't like that, no. Um, it ain't about you. Him. It's him. He shouldn't be like. Yeah, that's true. Like that's true. Old pedo vibes. Yeah, no, it wasn't like that. Okay. Um, so yeah, no, he he picked me up from school. Um, we go to his room, we hook up, and I, something told me I was like, "This gonna be the day." I could tell. Said, I'm, I'm so, a prophet today. Yeah. <laughs> I would, it's about what? to I would, go down. <laughs> about to go down, and like, what's interesting about that though is like, I. I fully wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. But I did it because I was like, I don't want to be made fun of at school anymore. Yeah. Peer pressure. And so it happened. It was awful. Like it I was uncomfortable. I just was like, this I'm not even into this. I'm not enjoying this. And like you said, Roach, like, this is what y'all be wilding over. Like this, if this is what sex is, then nah, I'm not even straight, fam. Like I'm good. And I probably didn't have sex again until maybe like maybe a year and a half, two years later after that. But um, I so like I was just hyped at the fact that like I did it, and so I came to school the next day. I was like, "Y'all, guess what?" And they still clowned my ass. So I was like, "You know what?" You know, did it for you no reason. I I lost the body for no reason. <laughs> if I knew y'all been acting like this, I would I would have kept my thing closed, bro. 
Right. So, listen, I I wish I could go back and and choose who I would have lost my virginity to. It wouldn't have been that. Yo, kids are really foul, bro. (laughs) I just feel like, yo, kids are foul, bro. What? are the cruelest beings on this earth because they don't know any better and they have no filter bro no filter I was was chilling with my friends chilling in my crib it's two of them I'm like yo y'all gotta leave I'm about to um, you know I'm about to go upstairs he said what are you leaving for you're not about to get no leg anyway I said you know what I need you you out of my house (laughs) I'm like I need you out of my house bro the next day the next day I had to change that bro I was like yeah I'm out of here man this is a fact. <laughs> Kids don't have no filter. Right. Okay, let's let's keep it spicy. Um, what is your favorite sexual position and why? Come on, man. It's doggy, the clappers. Okay. You gotta have the clappers. <laughs> okay. Missionary got myself. Really? Okay. Yeah, man. You gotta get real intimate, you know. Yeah. That's okay. So we gotta specify then, because if I'm with a girl I really like, then it's mm-hmm. definitely missionary. Because I want to stare into your soul. But if I'm with a girl, I'm like, ah, this is not me. Something doing and there's nothing to do. You see, what I'm saying, yeah. Wait, y'all really feel like that? Really? Wow, I've heard that before, but really? I didn't know guys. Because really it's like, like of course, we all know like sex is intimate. You understand? Mm-hmm. What I'm saying, so it's like there's a way to kind of like reduce the intimacy so mm-hmm. to speak and it's like you cannot missionary stare in the soul of every woman because that's how the craziness oh, conforms you get what mm-hmm. i'm saying once you missionary stare her in her soul that's it y'all go together whether you like it or not whether you know it or not y'all go together like unless that's she's a, a unless unless the woman is a real demon who is like yeah <laughs> just what i like but i don't care for you it's it's never gonna work out that way like some type of crazy is gonna come from that so you kind of gotta like tiptoe that thin line like you know what i mean not too much kissing and, and niggas are really like if, if if a nigga wants to be honest with you he'll tell you this like yo if, if you're a girl i really don't like it's not gonna be too much kissing it's not gonna be too much affection a little probably gonna be a little less on the foreplay you know what i mean like just to let you know like you you, you know why i'm here you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, and I hate to say it like that because it sounds demon Tom. It sounds brute. Yeah. Like, and 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 not to say I practice this myself, mm-hmm. but this is this is the truth. You get what I'm saying? Like, this is just the world we live in. Okay, I can respect the honesty. As brutal <laughs> as it sounds, I get it. Um, I mean, I guess mine is like. On this, on your when you're laying on your stomach, like it's doggy, but like on your stomach. Ooh, okay. I just feel like okay. There's, there's a lot of op- there's a lot of opportunity. A lot of opportunity. Intimacy, stroke, all that. So yeah. yeah. Um. So next question is it's a it's a sweet question. Um. What is a dream you've let go of? Um. Hmm. A dream I've kind of let go. I always wanted to, like, be an actor. Mm. Like, watching, like, Denzel, Will Smith, like, especially Denzel. Like, I really feel like I could act, but, like, I feel like just, like, rapping in New York, that shit is a dime a dozen, bro. Everybody got a SoundCloud. Everybody got a mixtape. Everybody, you know what I mean? So it's, like, 
I kind of let go of that dream. And I've had people, like, even people distant from me, like, best friends, fathers told me, like, yo, you have a spot in Hollywood. I don't know what it is, but you need to be in Hollywood. So, like, and that's been from, like, a kid. So, like, I always mm-hmm. thought, like, yeah, I could act. And, you know, adulthood sets in, realism. It's not going to happen, champ. I'm for that. Yeah. I think for me... But I will was, say um, this. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, it's breaking. It's breaking up. Let's keep breaking up. I could. I didn't know you keep. I didn't know you still going. What do you think? I, I, I will say this: if Wu Tang does get renewed for season two, which I think they did, I'm wearing all my '90s gear, sneaking on set, bro. I promise you. I promise <laughs> you. I'm wearing all my '90s gear, sneaking on set. Oh, I forgot once again. Um, so for me, it was being a therapist. I gave up on that dream not too long ago. I think it's legit. After we did the um, episode with Amanda, I mm-hmm. felt like it was one thing was a school. The structure of school never sat, sat right with me. And also doing a podcast, it was like, yo, I'm doing therapy while speaking to other people. I know they can't talk to me back. They could probably DM me. But I'm getting through to them some way, somehow. Even when we got a DM from somebody that said, yo, y'all saved my lives. Y'all saved my life. Thank you for that. That mm-hmm. alone made me feel like I'm like, you you already there, bro. You don't need the school. You don't need anything like that. Then me, when I first saw this, is, it's the weirdest thing. It's a weird story. Not even that weird, but I was watching Freaky Friday. So anybody that With watched Lindsay that movie, Lohan? yeah, bro, her mom was a therapist, bro. And I was like, yo, oh, I forgot. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So I saw that part. I was like, yo, that's dope. To sit down, have somebody talk about their problems, and then walk them through their problems, or help them crawl through their problems any way possible, bro, that's fire to me. Yeah. So the podcast was like, it's right there. So it was like, do you really need to go to school for that? Do you need to do that? Yeah. yeah. Do you need to do those nine years to have your own practice? Yeah, like, don't no, even bro, get me started on that. You mm-hmm. got it, bro. So What, on school? Bro, school. school. And this is from, you know, college graduate school is the biggest scam in America. <laughs> Absolutely. They tell you to go to school, push yourself in thousand dollars of debts to get this degree, and then when you get out with the degree, they won't hire you because you don't have enough experience because you're too busy at school (laughs) instead of being in the field. You get what I'm saying? The only thing, and I tell all my friends this, the only thing a degree does is that when they're looking to hire, if it comes down to you and somebody without a degree, they might lean towards you simply because they know you have the structure, you can take organized notes and all that nonsense because you have a degree. So they're willing to take more of a risk on you as opposed to the person. But I've seen jobs where they're like, we don't even care about what degree you got, sum cum laude, whatever. This guy has 10 plus years of experience in this industry. Right. We're going with him. Right. Take your degree and shove it up your ass. Right. So it's Absolutely. like school my period. First, my first job out of school, they didn't even ask me for my transcript um, until a year later. So I was like, I could have fully not finished college and y'all gave me a salary paying job. Yeah, you, you could have told them you, you graduated okay. from Harvard. Right. It wouldn't even matter. But no, I literally say, I always say to people like who, who have ever come to me for career advice, like, I know it sounds so cliche, but it literally is who you know. Like, I feel like I, like aside from me, like gaining my experience in this industry, like the connections that I've made have helped me get to the next level. And 100%. Like, like, of course, like I said, like it's, it's the skill set. You've got to develop the skill set. You can't just, just be well, well connected and, and have clout to, to get these jobs. But 
I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what school you go to. It doesn't matter your, your program. If you've worked experience in that same job that you're looking for, it's more likely that they're going to hire you regardless. They're not checking for your, your alma mater. They're not. Isn't that crazy, though? Like, growing up, your parents mm-hmm. were always like, yo, it's, it's it's what you know, not who you know. It's what you know, yeah. not who you know. Always. You're wrong, man. You're wrong. Right. <laughs> like You still can't tell them that, though. You still like, can't tell them that. Right. Of course There's not. so no. many people... And I, I hate to go this route, but look at Kylie Jenner, bro. Yeah. There's so many people who literally walk into wealth just based off of who they know. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Why does this person have this job that they're not qualified for? And we see they're not qualified for it. And nine times out of ten, those people who are not qualified for those jobs have somebody under the scene who's really, really doing the work. But they don't right. get the credit. And it's simply because they yeah. know the right people who gave them that label. Right. That kind of blows my mind. It does. It blows it my does. mind. But at the same time, with the um six degrees of separation, bro, you're right there, son. That's the only thing that's mm-hmm. like, yo, that can happen to me or anybody around me at any time, bro. It's a fact. That's true. People skills, bro. Like, gotta, we like, we, we always say skills, Simone bro. Angie Martinez, bro. <laughs> Simone can know one person that put her on the radio right now, bro. <laughs> Nah, real talk, bro. Like, oh, maybe, like, that's a, maybe. That's yeah, that's bro. not a bad. That's not a bad correlation, though. Angie Martinez is not too far, bro. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah, she's not. not. I mean, yeah. I feel. I feel like I get in my own way, but that's a whole other story. But, but yeah, no, we're we're all we all we all do we all do some capacity. Now we all do some way somehow getting on getting our own way, mm-hmm. even if it's um mm-hmm. self doubt. Um, a lot of some people fight. They 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 don't push themselves. Yeah. They they think they've reached their limit, but they they haven't yet. So it's um the biggest misconception in life is that somebody else is stopping you from achieving what you want. It's never mm-hmm. the case. Well, mm-hmm. let me not say that's never the case, but more times than likely, it's not the case. I read something today yeah. that like that told that said like your perception on something can completely change the outcome of what it is. So it's like, if you think, ah, oh, this person's holding me back, then yeah, you'll allow yourself to hold yourself back because you're like, ah, oh, I can't get there because this person's going to stop me anyway. But if you literally like just throw away your ideas of how it, most things, I, I'm rambling a little bit, but really what it is, is like most people envision themselves getting it this way. And when it doesn't mm-hmm. pan out that way, they're like, ah, oh, I'm not going to get it because it didn't work out this way. Bro, mm-hmm. I've literally watched video after video of you know, pop culture people who are successful that I view as successful, the Jay-Zs, the Snoop Dogs, the 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 one thing they do is reinvent themselves. They never, yeah, they, they never it. settle. Yeah, like, look at Jay-Z, bro. He started in 97. Nobody wanted to mm-hmm. give him a, a record deal. He went to every record mm-hmm. label in New York City. Nobody Dumb. wanted to give him a record deal. So what did he do? He started his own record label. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Snoop, he started out as a, a crip gangbanger rapper. He turned into Snoop Lion. He did the sensual seduction. Like, he changed himself in so many ways because he knew this is not the only way to achieve what I want. I feel like people got to stop thinking, like, okay, this is the only way to get this done. Like, nah, bro, you're going to have to go through mo- There's multiple ways to reach success. Right. And there's no timetable on it either. Like, if you look at most of the people that are successful today, they didn't hit success until damn near 30. I know. And, you know what and I mean? Like, like, right, like, right. And, and like you were saying earlier with like social media, I feel like 
that has like sped up our, exactly. our conception of what exactly. su- when success should happen. Like we're over here, 26, 27, 28, thinking like, damn, I got three more years to be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. When like literally people like Ava DuVernay haven't picked up a camera till she was 36. You know, like it's just, it's just crazy. Let me tell you something. I would never, ever want to be a child star. Look at yeah. all the child stars we have. Lindsay Lohan, Macaulay right. Culkin. Uh, 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 what's the other girl's name? Orlando Brown. Uh, Demi Lovato, Orlando mm-hmm. Brown, That's So Raven. You want to know why right. they all go crazy? Because they peak life at 16. Think about if you had right. millions of dollars at 16. Nobody, Nobody's telling you what to do. You're, you're buying everything you want. You're doing whatever you want to do. The rest of your life is a downhill, bro. It can't get no higher. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you've already peaked at 16. That is the worst thing you can do because you haven't experienced right. any real-life struggles. You haven't had your first pregnancy scare. You haven't, you know what I mean, dealt with your first real breakup. You don't know how yeah. to really accustom to real right. life. Yeah. Right. So right. it's like when you... You know what I mean? So it's like when you plateau at 16, the rest of your life is going downhill. I'd rather get my bread at like 27 when I know I, I've been down. I know what it's like to come from nothing. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm appreciative of all this shit. When you're 16, you're just right. like, oh, I got money. Like, I can do whatever I want. You're not you're not noticing the position you're in. I would never want to be that, yeah. that rich at that young age. I love the struggle. And I... And I will say, I also feel like that's also in part to the parenting too. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you're not parenting well enough and controlling your, I'm not controlling in the sense of like taking over, but like kind of helping manage, guiding, thank you, managing your child's finances. Like for example, Raven Simone, I saw something. Yeah, she ain't Raven, even spent her Cosby money. She has not she touched has not her, touched her Cosby bread. Right? That is lit, bro. And I was like, yo, her parents are, they're genius because it's like that, that is residual income no matter how long that show runs mm-hmm. and that is literally how you build a legacy that that money she her kids kids are going to be set that's a like fact. you know oh, like she, and she's still doing the raven raven um that's a raven too but on on, on another note oh, yeah. on another raven note home. just to play mm-hmm. devil's advocate how hard is it to try to guide a 16 year old who has a million that's of making dollars. the money you understand what i'm saying like that's it's like that's yo true. i don't need you you need me i'm not listening to shit you gotta say i'm the one making this money so it's like yeah i hear you yeah. save and do that but it's like nah fam yeah like, i feel you on that though you definitely do have to guide them especially yeah. kids in hollywood bro they're not listening yeah. to you, bro. And they have bro. friends that are rich too. Bro, you got to get parents. Like, yo. Mm-hmm. I was reading something. There was a, a basketball player by the name of Lenny Cook. He was supposed to be better than LeBron. He was supposed to be the next Michael Jordan top recruit. He got too much fame too quickly. They said on a Tuesday while he was in high school, he they mm-hmm. one of the recruits seen him in a club. Oh, on Lord. a Tuesday, bro. But he's not. And this is like, we talking like early 2000s. We not even talking like, you know what I mean? Pre-social media. So it's like, yo, if you give a kid too much too soon, it doesn't matter how good they were raised. Sometimes the money, you know what I mean? It's going to seduce you. That's true. Speaking of the the money and going back to what you said, Roach, about giving to your family, giving to people, you got to know who to say no to. I don't know if you guys saw the edit. I don't know if you guys saw the Eddie Curry um, documentary. Nah, I didn't. No. I know who Eddie Curry he, is, though. He used to play for the Knicks. Lost all his money, giving it away to people. Like his story, you guys have to watch that story. His um, oh, yeah. his baby mother died. 
Damn. His child died. Damn. He lost his brother. Like, he's back in he's back in the Jets, bro. Like even seeing stories like that, it shows me like, yo, bro, you gotta be smart with your money. That's a fact. And a lot of people, a lot of people are seeing these stories and doing the same exact thing, bro. And it kind of it kind of confuses me, bro. It really befuddles me. Like, you saw this person lost their money, you're gonna do the exact same thing, bro. You wanna know what it is? People always say, Oh, well, that's not me. I would never do that. That's that's really what that is. People like you you could show somebody what not to do, but some people are just hard-headed that they gotta experience it themselves before they truly understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the depths of what you were trying to show them. That's not that's not something I'm trying to experience, bro. Yeah. Having having millions and losing it. I even read the um yeah. Kevin Kevin Hart book when Kevin Hart was talking about how he got money from Soul Playing, all of this, and he and he lost it. And he was back in Philly doing the same shows he started doing. Even seeing that, it's like, yo, bro, there's no way I could go back to where I came from. I know I got to remember where I came from, but I can't go back to where I came from. Yeah. If you understand what I'm saying. But yeah, I don't know, man. Being smart with your money is like really top tier for me, bro. Nah, that's like, a fact. That's a fact. Right. Right. No, same. Um, so a spicy question I was going to ask, uh, speaking of seduction, what is the weirdest porn that you've ever clicked on? Oh, God. <laughs> All right, I'll be honest. <laughs> when I was younger, I used to have a weird foot fetish. Really? Very weird foot fetish. I grew out of it, but like, I used to like, I used to like a nice, pretty set of white toes did it for me for some reason. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. That's probably that's probably the <laughs> no, weirdest thing. Nah, mine's yo, bro. Like it was weird. <laughs> it used to be mature. Okay, that's not that weird, bro. Oh, like, I'm not gonna lie. Like older women, we talking yeah, like grandmas, bro. or are we talking yeah, like, bro. oh, okay, yeah, oh, it was wow. weird. All right, it was weird. It was, it was... He wanted to fuck I was, that. I was... He wanted to fuck that Rob's <laughs> child money. But there was one. There was one where she took out a denture. So, oh god, <laughs> yeah, that, right. that, could, that could quickly end the fetish. Uh-huh. How? You get to, you know, all right, man. Whatever, man. Uh oh, right, uh oh. <laughs> he said you ain't never had the gum gums. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, what about you, Simone? Um, it's weird. I actually don't really watch porn like that. Um, like, and if I do watch it, um, it's like amateur porn. I think that's probably like my face, my my favorite. Um, porn. Why? I guess I don't. I, I, I guess maybe it's the the fact that it's like realism. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't I, I like the I hate turning on porn. I hate turning on porn, and they're trying to give me a movie. Like, bro, that's not yeah, I don't what want I'm that. here for, uh-uh. bro. She's a farmer, yo, bro. What's going on, bro? If I want to watch a movie, I'm gonna take myself for? to iPick. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Let's get to the point. Right. It's, oh my god. So I gotta skip some fifteen minutes of movie. Right, like I don't need the storyline. I hey, understand it. Like, yo, bro, if I gotta skip through fifteen I, minutes at that yo, point, I don't want to do it anymore, bro. Yo, get out, out of my head, bro. Get out of my head, because that was what I was gonna say. If I have to click fifteen minutes in to get some action, you're going down the wrong path, sir. <laughs> yo, I don't want to do this anymore, bro. I'm gonna go play video games. I'm done. I don't. I don't, I don't have yeah, anything like, to do with this. Too much work. This yeah. shit taking too long. Next, then the after. <laughs> Random question. Are there like black owned porn sites? I would never know. Let's Google. I'm about to Google that right Google now. Google that. Google that. That's a good question. 
I'm just thinking like that. That's a market. Man, even if yeah, even if Pornhub isn't black owned, they they all right with me, man. <laughs> wow, there's a there's a huge collection of now Pornhub porn. like Pornhub be for the culture, bro. Like they be doing little things, oh, like really? yeah, they be doing little things to let you know, like yo, we see you, black people. Okay. <laughs> um, um, did you see? I think it was on Twitter, like last week or two weeks ago. They said something about how, like, I don't know how real it was or not, but like Pornhub was apparently only show, showing ebony porn in support. Yes, of BLM. yes. You understand? Is what I'm that saying? true? That was true, really bro. Really? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like Pornhub would do it, bro. <laughs> For all you racist motherfuckers on here, we only showing the ebony. So get right or get lost. I can't. Okay, Pornhub. I didn't. I had no idea. I was like, this is fake. No way. I'm not about to go check. That's hilarious. I gotta find. It. I, don't, I don't see one. It's like yeah, I don't see one. I see a lot of black owned videos. I don't see any like. Yeah. Mmm. That's that's a market. That's an industry that needs to be tapped. No pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Another question. A little role play here. Um, imagine. So, like, so we'll, we'll take turns. So, imagine we are your future or current children. How do you present the birds and bees talk to us? So, Don, your dad, me and Roach, our brother and sister, we're your children. How are you telling us about sex? How are you breaking that conversation? <laughs> We're little. <laughs> Damn. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. So um, <laughs> birds and the bees. So um, you know, when you're with a um, when you're in love with a woman, or you're in love with a man, you guys do certain things. You go out on dates. You know, you love each other. You show compassion. You know, show each other love and things of that nature. Until you get to a point when you're 35. And um, <laughs> I'm I'm saying this exact same way. Like you're 35, um, and you want to make your love known, you know. So you um, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. I'm making. I ain't gonna for my wife. Got to do that, bro. I ain't gonna for. That's one thing. That's, no, nah, no, no, no. Nah, Go nah. ahead. I, I've I've thought this out for myself. If I could chime in, I always told yes, myself. Go ahead. I'm going to be completely and brutally honest. honest with my kids for the simple fact that like growing up, I was exposed to so much at a young age. It just let me know like, I, right, I'm not with that. I'm not with that. This I might try. This I might try. And I, I know this works for me and I know this works for me. I feel like, especially with social media and like the way technology is evolving today, there's so much only but so much you could keep from your kids. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the moment yeah. they pick up a phone or they get their own tablet or they, the world is their playground. So they can literally look up whatever. And think about how we were without internet at our age, yeah, at our young know. ages. Very, very That's curious. True. You understand what I'm saying? And we yeah. didn't have the option of being able to be outside and just pick up a phone, click and see exactly what the fuck it is people are talking about. So right. being that they have access to so much at such a young age, I feel like when I have kids, you just got to be frank. Like, yo, listen, man, when you really love a woman, it's going to get to a next intimate level. It's going to be something called intercourse. Just make sure you protect yourself. I don't want no kids before 25. You understand what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. just just do that for me and, and, and everything will be fine. You understand what I'm saying? So 
So you doing you saying the same thing to your daughter, same exact conversation. Same. I have to. You have to. I feel like we try That's to. That's good. Especially in the black community, we try to like keep our daughters, daughters like daughter. chained up, and and mm-hmm. I've seen what happens run, firsthand when you do it, that. Yeah, I've seen what happens you firsthand when you do that. Once they get that freedom, they can't handle. It. I've seen girls drop out of college. I've seen girls get pregnant at a young age because simply mm-hmm. because. Their parents were no nonsense. You're not doing this. You can't go here. You can't go there. Mm-hmm. Anytime you do that, it builds too much curiosity for the outside world. Right. So mm-hmm. now Some when they level. get that freedom, mm-hmm. they want to try everything. And that's yeah. what I don't want my daughter to do. So I'm letting her know, like, yo, listen, man, you're going to be around some kids. Sometimes they might offer you a joint. You get what I'm saying? Or they might offer you drugs. Be listen, cautious. yeah, be, be very cautious. You know what I mean? Like, men are looking to take advantage of you. You get what I'm saying? Like, I want to mm-hmm. have that conversation with her early so that she knows the signs. I want to put my daughter on the game. Don't let these niggas take you to AC and think that's a trip, mama. That's mm-hmm. that's regular. You understand what I'm saying? It Don't always, let that man tell you AC is like the yams. It's not. And always have that bread. Always have your bread on your Yes, yeah. and I will always, I will make sure yeah. anytime my daughter has to date, I want to meet the man. And whatever date is that they're going on, I'm getting. Oh, Roach, you cut out. He's on. He's he's on. He's black. He's going. Hey, bro. Yeah, bro. You fix that, Mike. Bro, you cut out. You cut out. Oh, I'm sorry. I said I wanted to. uh, I said I want to give my daughter. He was going in. What what was the last thing y'all heard? What was the last thing y'all heard? I think you're getting ready to say that you're going to give your daughter money. Yes, I said I'm going to give my Mm -hmm. daughter double the money. So in case the young fella wants to act funny on the date, you put the money on the table. Don't worry about it, big fella. I'm calling my father. He'll come pick me up. And I'll have it arranged. Right. Boom. Simple. That literally, that literally is what how my, what my dad taught me. He instilled that to me. He was like, literally, never go on a date empty. Like, yes, never. Like, that is a setup. Keep, keep some cash on you. God, and I'm going to be honest with you. Like, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, nah, I, w- I was just going to say, God forbid, you know, young man was out here flexing and, 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 and he ain't really got it. You understand what I'm saying? He going to put you in a sticky situation if you ain't got it. And... <laughs> I'll, I'll be damned if my daughter get arrested for dining and dashing or, or washing dishes in somebody's back restaurant. Hell no. She got to dine and dash at least one time in her life, right? On front. Yeah, but do that. Do that. <laughs> do that for fun. Do that for fun. Don't do that because you have to. You have no choice. Right. Because the man that you asked you out It's different when you dine and dash for fun yeah. with the homies on a lit night, and it's different when you dine and dash because you ain't got it. That you ain't got it is a different <laughs> feeling. Yes, yeah, you go home feeling bad, bro. <laughs> no, that's a fact. No, I was going to say, um, this conversation is actually really what kind of sparks bonnets and directs because I had tweeted about um, courting and men men not having this willingness to court anymore. And like, I was getting in heated arguments with like guy friends. And I'm thinking like, yo bro. And like, they were calling me out saying that I'm a spoiled brat and I'm a princess and all this stuff. And my dad did this and who raised you. And I'm like, first of all, bro, you know me, you can call my line. So you don't have to sit here and try to disrespect me on the timeline. But it's just the conversation of like this, this, I guess some men, maybe some black men, whatever, feeling this sense of entitlement, like, oh, okay, like, like black women need to go Dutch. Like we don't always have to like show up. But like the point that I was trying to make before is like the courting aspect is literally you just show black men showing us or whoever you're dating, showing us that you're interested and interested enough in 
and investing in our time and in this relationship, which would mean just doing something nice. So, and a lot of people yeah. get a lot of people get confused that you have to like <clears throat> with my relationship. I don't like. I, I at first I felt like I had to pay for everything. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, oh we going now. I pay for this. I gotta pay for this. And then at, at one point I'm like, yo, bro, my savings looking real low, bro. I gotta, Chill. I gotta ease back a Chill, little bit, King. bro. Yeah. <laughs> yo, so when the bills come, she ain't gonna help you. So it was like, <laughs> so it was like, all right. not true. Not, not always yeah. true, but it's not, it's not true. It's not true, but yeah. so I had to have a conversation with her, like, oh, so what we doing? She's like, yo, you wanted to pay for everything. That was you shouldn't have done that. I, I wanted to pay for things. You wanted to be mm-hmm. the manly man that wanted to pay for everything, so that was like mm-hmm. you should never done that. So I think we got to cut that out as well. But it's hard when social media tells you like, yo, you got to you got to pay for this. Or if rent if, right. if rent is sixteen hundred dollars, how much are you paying? Like, yo, bro, I'm, I'm kind of right. tired of Ooh, that's a whole <laughs> <laughs> even with the oh that's a whole other conversation. Oh, three hundred dollar yeah. dates, like, yo, bro, stop telling people you got to do three hundred dollar dates, bro. I'll say right. this. I'll say you. this, and I want real niggas to to, to chime in as a real man. Mm-hmm. Courting is nothing. Real mm-hmm. niggas know sometimes I'm gonna call you to take you out, not even because I want to take you out. I just want to do something with somebody no. else. I don't want to do it by company. myself. That's I want some company. I want some eye candy. I want something mm-hmm. nice to look at while I'm sipping a drink or while I'm watching my movie. It doesn't have to go any further than that. That was that was Wall Street talking. This Interesting. Time. Interesting. You understand what I'm saying? Whoa, hold on. That just changes everything. So. When you guys are in the courting phase, like from your perspective, it doesn't always necessarily mean that you're looking to develop a deeper connection with that person. Not always. Sometimes it's like, sometimes it's just a matter of like, you know what? You're cool. I I vibe with you well. We have good conversation. I wouldn't mind going here with you. I wouldn't mind going here with you. You understand what I'm saying? And it's not always to get intimate. Sometimes it's just like, I feel like people have put such a, oh, men and women can't be friends that once you see them together, you automatically assume something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I have a lot of homegirls that till this day, you understand? Till this day, like, we could grab drinks. I- I've never touched them, never kissed them, never shot a shot. You understand what I'm but saying? But is that courting, though? That's not courting, then. You're, you're just hanging out with them. Okay, so I have women that I do like that I've, first of all, I make it a rule. I never make the first move. I feel like women know what they want and they know who they want it from. I should never have to, you know, as far as intimacy, make the first move because she'll let you know. Like, I've had women tell me, like, bro, are you ever going to kiss me? And it's like, cool. Now that I know it's something. Know. I, yeah. Now I know it's, a, it's, a, it's the option. I'm going to pull into that. Now I can now I can open that door. I'm never going to be the first one to open it, though, because God forbid I'm wrong. It ruins the whole aspect of the relationship. You get what I'm saying? You got to let things flow organically. I feel like too many times people force their issue. Like, oh, I like you, so this is what we have to do. Like, nah, bro, let it form organically. Let her get a chance to actually them. like you. You can't expect yeah. something. You can't expect something if they pulling up, bro. Exactly. I got to keep saying it to people. You can't expect anything, bro. Just chill. Just hang out, bro. 100%. If it's meant to be, it will be. Like, and let me tell you something. Just by be, doing that, you will differentiate yourself from the pack. <laughs> Oh, oh, he, oh. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm telling you, like, it, it's you not even respect. It's like, wow, this dude didn't try a move. Yeah. Some women are yeah, not you, used you to be, that, bro. Yeah. Some women are really not yeah. used to that. You understand what I'm saying? Like, so when you give them that, it's like, wow, he's different. 
different. Without even you're saying, different. without even having to I say you're different. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So now she's intrigued. Like, all right, cool. Yeah, I would love to kick it with this nigga again. I don't feel pressured into anything. And then that's when it organically conspires. Right. And it dismantles that honeymoon phase exactly. that we were talking about earlier. Exactly. Too. Okay, put niggas on game, bro. I be trying, bro. I be trying. But you know, niggas <laughs> think they Mac Daddy, so they got all the answers. So I just keep my shit to myself. Like, really do. Yo, yo, speaking of Mackin, um, how do you feel about dirty Mackin? Have you ever oh, no. dirty Mackin? It's disgusting. Yeah. It's disgusting. And negative. And and bad vibes. you can't call yourself a real nigga if you do it. You understand what I'm saying? I've been mm-hmm. put in predicaments where I could have easily been like, yeah, and this and that. And this is about people I know I don't like. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, would, ne- I, would never, I would never, I would never, I would never, I would never dirty Mac the next man for the simple fact that it's just, it's unhumane. It's inhumane. It's inhumane. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? It's like, bro, if you have to do that to get the girl, First of all, no, nine, just... nine out of ten times when you do that, you don't even get the girl. She's just looking at you. Like, right. yeah, you I was just going to say, that it like, honestly speaks to your character. Yeah, I'm like, you chatty, patty motherfucker. Yeah. Like, ew. Like. Right. <laughs> Yo, bro, that happened to me in high school, bro. I'm, like, in 11th grade. Mm. My man, It's my man's, too. That's what made it even, that's made it even worse. Oh, that cuts deeper. He was, like, oh. mm. he was telling my girlfriend, like, oh, yeah, you should have messed with Don, blah, blah, blah. He's not treating you right. He's cheating on you. Blah blah blah. You need a man like me, and I'm just. She's telling me the story. I'm like, yo. Now nah, I don't believe you, bro. I don't believe you. So I sat down. I'm like, yo. That's really his character, bro. And I really like. I, he showed his true colors before, but I let it slide. That dirty. I don't know, man. That dirty macking was never. That was never in my. Never in my catalog, bro. Put another man down mm-hmm. so I could. I could be put up. Nah, bro. Mm-hmm. That's horrible, bro. If you got to put I, nah. anyone down to put yourself up, it, it, you're, you're not even putting yourself up. You're just showing your true colors. Right. Absolutely. Just in general. Not even. Yeah, it don't even, it don't even got to be about relationships. Just period. Like, he'd be like, I got him back. <laughs> he said, I got him back. Oh. How you get him back? Oh, some girl he's talking to. Um, We had dealings. We had dealings. Oh. Oh, okay. I like that. We had Say dealings. Say less. <laughs> Petty King. Next spicy question. <laughs> Petty King. So next spicy question. True or false? Great sex requires a connection beyond physical attraction. Explain your thinking. It depends. Cause sometimes you said off what 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 would you say again? Great sex has what? Requires a connection beyond physical attraction. Not all the time, bro. Sometimes, like, actually, no, I will mm-hmm. agree. I will agree. Let me let me re- rephrase that. I will agree. Because if, if you don't have an emotional connection, that post-nut clarity is a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And it's always time to go home, like. Yeah, later. like, it's just, like, the There's moment. There's no conversation, yeah, bro. Yeah, it's no conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah, after you nut, you're just like, uh, you start looking at I don't time. Want you like, anymore. Yeah, you start looking at the time, like, damn, so when when are you about to leave? Like, I text my man's like, yo, bro, get into a fight. And one thing I'll say is, <laughs> as a man who has his own crib, it, it builds this thing where they feel like, oh, I could stay here because there's no parental supervision. Nobody's going to come and make shit awkward. I could just. Yeah. And that is how it becomes even more uncomfortable kicking them out. Cause it's like right. yikes. So I will say that you do need an emotional connection for for great sex. It's just there's no way around it. 
Absolutely. Now you have to have you an emotional so. connection as a missionary, bro. You looking at somebody right in, directly in their eyes, bro. Yeah. If that feeling right there is the, fire, like, but the funny thing is, know, is yeah. if I like you, you look so beautiful. If I don't like you, I'm like, ew, what face you make? <laughs> like, sis, what face is that? Not sis. <laughs> sis, what face is nah, that? Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. It was one time I just did it because, like, I needed a release, and the face that she gave, it was, bro, it was not pleasing at all. I'm gonna make it re- directly into the camera. She sat there and looked mm-hmm. at me like this. Yeah, that's serial killer vibes. The whole, the whole time, the whole time, just. Moaning, no kind of like serial killer vibes. Lip biting, squinting eyes. No, oh no! It was like it was. It wasn't that. It was like grunts, like. Mm. <laughs> like oh, <bro. laughs> it's uncomfortable. Yeah. No, that's fucking awkward. It can be. Let's, no, uh, uh-uh. Let's end this now. Yeah, and then, I mean, I think as a oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I said, and then you know the um sitting at the edge of the bed thing happened, which uh I frowned upon. So you was like, so what you about to do? Oh no, I um dropped her home. Like, um, let's go. Oh wow, yeah. wow. It's better. Than do you think she was personally offended by that? Did she say anything? Did she act nah, she, a different way? I want to say she was weird, but she she was not. Regular, like she just legit was like, okay, yeah. let's go. I was like, all right, yeah, awkward. I mean, because yeah. <laughs> awkward. Well, yeah. Who wants to be kicked out? I didn't um, kick you out. I, I escorted you out. He said, I okay, escorted thing. out. Whatever. Regardless, it, there was no. You didn't leave room for the emotional connection to happen, but that's because already in your mind you knew that's not what you wanted. So that's that is true. I kind of what I was gonna say, like as a woman. For me, if there is no emotional connection, I'm not like, I'm sorry, sound vulgar. I'm not even getting wet. Like that's just like that. That's just not. Yeah, it's me. much like, different I'm not even women. Interested? Yeah. yeah. Like like there's if I'm not turned on by who you are as a person and our conversation, our dialogue, like all of that, like our dialogue, I'm there's no way that this is that yeah. that's gonna happen. Yeah. Without a, a massive amount of lube, and at that point, oh. I need lube to make this work. Yeah. Then now, nah, first of all, hang on. Now, yeah. First of all, if 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 for the initiation you need lube, it's never gonna work. Yeah. At this Negative. age, right. at this Negative. age, right. like you got to pack it up. <laughs> right. right. But but we ain't going. We are not going to shame lube. Though. Nah, nah, not, not, at all, not, not at all. Not at all. But not, it cannot be, it cannot be used every time. Listen, sometimes I'll be the first to say, sometimes you could still like someone and and still need the lube just because it's like, all right, boom, we ain't really have time to build that foreplay, but we got to go. You know what I'm saying? We got to go. (laughs) So lube it up, baby. You're right. (laughs) Okay, Jiffy Lube. So, um, (laughs) so um, a sweet question that I have is what is your biggest fear? Failure. Mm. That's the only fear I have. Failure. And not so much failure in my terms of failure, but like failure like to the point where my mom got to look at me like, damn, you fucked up. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I've literally revolved my life around my mother. I don't care for nobody else's opinion about me but my mother. Anybody can say whatever they want, but if my mother's happy, I'm happy. You understand what I'm saying? If my Mm -hmm. mother's proud of me, I'm proud of me. So failure is my biggest fear. 
Yeah, but what did you say earlier? You said something about like failure. Nah, I, when I say failure, I mean like the disappointment of the disappointment. Yeah. Oh, you cut out again, Roach. You cut out again. Sorry, it's dying. <laughs> I got it on the charger, but it's like it's acting stupid. I said okay. when I say failure in terms of that, I mean like I'm not taking care of my responsibilities. Um, mm. you know what I mean? Like the major responsibilities. Not so much like uh, I tried something and I failed at it. Nah, like my mom is looking at me like, yo, bro, rent's not paid, electricity's not paid. Like, what are you doing? Where's your money going? Like, you're failing to handle your responsibilities as a man. That's that's what I mean by like mm-hmm. failure. Okay, I understand what you're saying. That makes sense. Um, for what me, were you gonna say, Don? No, I said for me, it's death. My biggest mm. fear is death. Not in the um aspect, you know, just going, but going without leaving anything behind. Mm. Anything mm-hmm. to tie my name to. Not even a not even a child. It's like the podcast that that gave me one reason to keep doing it. I have something that's left behind that I feel like that was a great accomplishment. Even the photography, all of that, just. I always, when I think about death, I think about how people are going to feel when I'm gone. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my that's one of my biggest fears. Yeah, no, I, I have that fear too. Um, I think one of my biggest fears is um, settling, mm-hmm. um, just because of the sense of complacency and mm-hmm. just and under and understanding that like nothing can grow from a comfort zone, but I feel damn good in that comfort zone now. But like, I think that like this past year has really been challenging me to step outside of that, to do, to take risks, to, to try new things, to stand up for myself, speak up for myself. So I think that there's like this innate fear of settling um, and just kind of looking back at my life, like, damn, like I wish I would have did that. And I feel like as a 27 year old, I feel like I really didn't even start really living life until I turned 25. So I feel like I'm, I'm, just now, like, kind of getting the hang of it. I feel you. Yeah. Um, another question I have is a sweet question. Um, what can we create together? So, Roach, Don, if we were partnering up on a project or some kind of work, what do you think that we can create together with our skill sets? Mm. Well, we got media, finance, and he's basically in law. The, the possibilities are endless here. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going front, yeah, we could do a lot right now. Like, <laughs> we pretty much got the base covered. So I, I don't know. It's really whatever we want to put our mind to. Like, we could do something media, that incorporates media, media company require. all three. Yeah, I was about to say we could do media. We could do public relations. We could do a lot of yeah. things. That's a fact. That's true. Yeah, a media company would be fire. There needs to be more black consulting. We can have um a studio. Mad other mad stuff. Mm-hmm. So like a suit like a recording studio. Yeah, like, like a, there's a recording studio, there's a photography studio, there's um there's there's a there's a part there's like an office. You go talk to Roach if you have any like you want to talk loans or anything like that. <laughs> That'll be fire, bro. All right. It's our sales and partnerships department. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> no, you're right. I like that. Wow. Okay. Another question um, is, do you think that you'd be a good parent? Yes. I think I'd be an amazing parent. Just because I'm very, like, non-judgmental. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like, I've, and every parent says this and it sounds cliche, like I want my kid to come to me first, but I really want to create a space where like my kid is comfortable okay. telling me whatever. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like what parents don't do that they should do is letting their kids know like, yo, listen, when I was young, I did X, Y, and Z. That's how I know. Because too often we hear our parents tell us shit and it's like, we don't know we're not so much to believe it because it's like, yo, bro, you don't know where we're coming from. You don't, you've never, we, sometimes we really act as if our parents have never been kids. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But if they let us know, like, yo, listen, man, when I was 16, I did X, Y, and Z, and this panned out terrible for me. I'm not saying it's going to be the same for you, but like, yo, be mindful. I went through this. Let me tell you how it worked out for me. It might work out perfectly and make sense to your kid to not do it. Or they might be hard-headed and be like, yo, I still got to do it, but now I know I need to watch for this because this is where it may go wrong. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I feel like too many times, and I've, ha- I've had my uncle say-, say this to me too, like, do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. And that's terrible because you'll never, it's like, it's like having a basketball coach who can't shoot for shit. I'm not listening to you, right. bro. Like, you don't need, you can't even do what you're telling me to do. Yeah, you can't even do what you're telling me to do. But you're saying I can do it. You get what I'm saying? It's like I can't I can't really take what you're saying for face value because I don't see you doing it. And today's kids, mm-hmm. they only listen to the people that are doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So you kind of got to, like, relate to them in that aspect. Also, I know from, you know, my growing up exactly what I don't want to be for my kids. So I feel like. And I feel like everybody says that. And I understand to a certain extent why my mom was the way she was. You know what I mean? Like coming home, you all you asked the kids to do was wash the dishes and take out the chicken. <laughs> and you worked the eight hour shift on your feet and you walk through that door and the chicken's still in the freezer and the dishes in the sink. I understand why you mad off rip. You understand? But as a kid, I'm just like, yo, mom, why are you tripping? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I watch right. this shit right now. Why are you tripping? But now that I've been in that shoes where I had to work an eight hour shift, it's like, damn, I understand now. So I feel like if we just allow our kids to understand, like, yo, we've been there, they'll they'll gain more understanding from us. Yeah, that's, that's true. Right, that's well I like that. my brother. Am I yeah, ready to be? A, am I ready to be a parent right now? Like, would I be fuck a parent no. right now? Right nah. now, fuck. No. Right now, nah. I'm still I'm still being mm-hmm. selfish, and with everything mm-hmm. going on in the world, bro, I have too much fear. I have too much fear to put somebody here. Like, every five, I'm already overprotective with my friends and family. Like, so. To have somebody that's connected to me, bro, nah, nope. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be a good parent. I wouldn't want you to see the world how you're supposed to see the world. There's too much, too much bullshit going on for you to enjoy anything. Mm-hmm. You're too busy fighting, right. so it's like I wait till the fight is. I can't even say the fight is gonna be done. Yeah. So it's like we don't, we don't know. So, so the crazy thing is, the right crazy now, thing yeah. is, we've been fighting a good fight for so long. So, long. so it's like, <laughs> Yo. it's like, it's not even no more like I can't bring a child into this world until this is done. It's more so I got to bring a child into this world and let him know what has happened. You get what I'm saying? On. Like, mm-hmm. I got to let him know, like, yo, be on your P's and Q's. You see police, make sure your hands are in plain sight. No sight mm-hmm. movements. Like, and it's sad that we have to go through this, but it's the world we live in. Like, I always say it's sad that, you know. In my own neighborhood, I feel more comfortable around the drug dealers and known killers <laughs> than I yeah, do the police. You. you understand what I'm saying? They you more than, and, more than they you. and I say that because it's like, deal with the devil you know. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm That's saying? Right. 
And it's sad because if you really, if you really want to think about it, like we are all, if, if, if the NYPD is a stock, we are all shareholders, bro. Mm-hmm. We pay their we pay their salaries, we pay right. for their overtime. So instead for, of like we pay, for, ammunition, that's we pay it, for ammunition, like we pay y'all. You understand what I'm saying? Like we are mm-hmm. tax paying citizens. So instead of looking at me like a, a a criminal, look at me as a shareholder. You gotta keep me happy. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Ooh, and it's like mm-hmm. the biggest misconception, the biggest problem with I feel with the police in our area, and I hate to go off topic from the question, but you got cops who have never stepped a foot in these neighborhoods patrolling them. And I see it every day because my neighborhood, I see them every day. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like Detective uh, Tutuolo over there could have been living on Staten Island all his life, but he has never touched a foot in my neighborhood. You damn right he's going to be scared. You understand what I'm saying? And it's it's not to say that he's right for being scared, but it's like it's ignorance. He don't know no better. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? I feel know. like mm-hmm. I feel like they should have police patrol the neighborhood the weapon free, or or, or, or mm-hmm. they should patrol the neighborhood weapon free for at least a year before you can patrol the neighborhood with a weapon. You understand Ooh, what I'm saying? I'm protected. I that's see. I'm not saying when I say unprotected, I don't mean like he has nothing but his nights to give him a stun gun, bro. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. A stun gun is enough. Yeah. That's enough to if you really gotta subdue somebody, I'm pretty sure the average person is not fighting a a, a thousand volts of you know what I mean of electricity. I'm saying he you can de-escalate a situation with a stun gun. Right. You understand what I'm saying? I just feel like it's too much. Too much ignorance walking around these neighborhoods, mm-hmm. and they're in blue uniforms. Man, you get a lot what I'm of them saying? Be, a lot, a lot of them been bullied, bro. So exactly, taking, that's another thing. Like, like, like it's the Napoleon complex. hundred percent. Power tripping. Power tripping. Like, I haven't right. seen that video with that um that 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 brother in um in Atlanta when he's talking to the woman. I'm like, yo, bro, why are you why are you acting like that? But you can see it in his eyes. He's been disrespected his whole life, mm-hmm. and now he got this badge. It's like, yo, bro, I'm above you now. I'm above mm-hmm. you now. You gonna do what I say? You gonna do what I say to do? And it's 100%. like, yo, bro, that's not you. You here to serve and protect, bro. Not bully me, bro. Right. I don't want. The, I don't want my. I don't want my child to feel that 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 fear. I even watched a video today. Some kid was playing in the front of his in the front of his house. Oh yeah, he and moved the behind car, the car. I'm like, nah, bro, nah, bro, nah, bro. That bothered mm-hmm. me, bro. I'm not gonna like that bothered me to another extent. I'm like, yo, bro, you had to really hide behind the car, like you were doing something yeah. wrong, bro. I saw this video of um, this little black girl who was crying because she saw a white police officer and the white officer came oh, over the lady. Her and told her, yeah, she was like, I'm not going to hurt you. And, you know, you could just tell the white officer, she was just like so, she about to cry, so yeah. heartbroken. Sure. Yeah. Because yeah. like, and, and I will say I do feel bad because a lot of the conversation that we do have kind of generalizes police officers. Mm-hmm. And we know, obviously, they're not all like that. Mm-hmm. But I can just I can only imagine what it, what it's like for someone who really empathizes with the community and is a part of the community probably feels conflicted, but it's like it's, one of those things where it's like, it's, you got one bad cop and if y'all not standing up for them, you're a bad cop and too. like against you, a bad cop too. Yeah. That's, it, that's just what it is. Kind, unfortunately. It's wild because I have two friends that are cops and they're mm-hmm. women. And mm. then she goes, one of them went on Facebook and she's just talking about it. Everybody's just killing her in the comments, killing her. Like, Oh, you're going against your people. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yo, son, she chose that career. I feel like she. I'm not gonna 
I'm not gonna wild her out. How y'all wild her out? If she has a plan or something that she's gonna do, do it, bro. Yeah. You don't gotta explain it right. to me, bro. Hopefully, I pray to God you're not like the rest of the cops that are doing these hurtful, right. horrible things, bro. And right. it's just like, yo, we we've seen, we've encountered cops that are that are that are that are like cool. We've had we've had black cops that were the assholes walking up to you, oh. Trying to prove something to their counterparts, like, oh, you know, I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm I'm do this. Like, I don't, this this word, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't front, bro. That's the only thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a triggering it's topic. Wild. It's definitely a triggering topic. You understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's just, it's, it's, it's not, nothing's gonna change until people look at themselves and want the change. You understand what I'm saying? Right. And it's hard to do that when for so long, like, You've been taught the wrong. Like I wa- I was watching the Thirteenth Amendment again on um Netflix, and I was like furious, bro. Cause mm-hmm. when you really look back at it, we've been portrayed by the media for so long as you know monsters, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh 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 gang gang bangers and shit like that. It's like so when you have white people who have been raised on years and years of seeing that in the media. Mm-hmm. It's, and they've never encountered, they've never encountered yeah, black people. It's hard for them mm-hmm. to see one and be like, oh, he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Or it's hard for them to see one and say, not say something stupid like, oh, you know, I, I thought you would be much different. Or, or you know, like, I'm glad, shit I'm glad like, that. like the other ones. Yeah, I'm glad you're, like the other yeah, you're right. not like the rest no, of them. Yeah, you're, you're not like the rest mm-hmm. of them. Like, what the fuck they do you mean? That by face, that? You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, Growing up on Staten Island, bro, it's a whole different spectrum for that shit. Yeah, you, like, you you get it, you get attacked by whites and blacks. I always that's like <laughs> my son's always told me about that about Staten Island, bro. Staten, like, Island, Staten Island, bro. You experience racism. You experience hate from your own people. You experience it yeah, at all. Like Dave yeah. Chappelle was not lying when he said Staten Island is a nasty place. You understand yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's like. Staten Island is fake segregated, bro. Like anybody who lives here knows North Shore and North Shore and South Shore is two different spectrums, bro. And like, mm-hmm. I even go and I make a joke about it sometimes. But like, sometimes I go to my boss's neighborhood and he lives on the North Shore, and I, I tell him like, "Yo, bro, don't ever leave me on this porch too long, knocking on the door, because the wrong person drive by, <laughs> they might think something else." And and, and it's That's funny, but it's the truth, bro. The like, truth, yeah. if I, if I'm on his block for too long, I get uncomfortable, bro. And it shouldn't be like that. But that's just, totally it is what it is. Stuff. Like, and Staten Island is no. still like that, bro. It's still no. like that. Now, Simone, growing up upstate, how was that? Because you're more around Caucasians and all of that stuff. Like, how was it for you? Say it again. Not for Simone. Oh, Simone. Oh, this was for me. Yeah, how, say, how, yeah. how, oh, I didn't I didn't hear you call my name first. Okay. <laughs> um it you know, it it was hard and and I actually I, my last episode that I did with my dad, I was talking to him about it. Um I went so where I went to high school, I came from a graduating class of 500 people and there were only five black people and there were five God. black girls. <laughs> and so literally I I know breathe and understand what it's like to be the only black person in the room to be the black person that they look at as the spokesperson like I'll never forget when I first started ninth grade because I didn't start in that school district until high school I I stayed at my catholic school in Albany um, until eighth grade when I started in ninth grade and they asked me where I was from tell them I'm from Albany or when I started ninth grade I told them from Albany they were like oh have you ever been shot before do you own a gun oh have you ever sold drugs 
just ignorant and shit. it's like just ignorant but it's like and again you know when you're a 13 14 no, 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 you're like, yeah and then, but it also just speaks volumes to the fact that like I may have been their first introduction to a black person. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think mm-hmm. about like when my sister was in the elementary school system and the middle school system mm-hmm. system. She at one point was like the only black kid in her entire like in the, the like, little division, like for, like fourth, fifth, sixth, fourth and fifth grade. So mm-hmm. it just like it it just it exposes you to ignorance. I've I've experienced ignorance mm-hmm. and racism from students, from teachers. But like I think my my safe haven was the fact that like. I I found solace in the other black kids that were in the school. There was only like 12 of us in the entire damn school. And we would like meet up after school, go to each other's houses, do after school programs. And also on the weekends, I made sure that like touching back with, I guess you could say, quote unquote, my roots and hanging out with my friends in Albany. Because where I lived was a suburban school, like in a suburban school Mm -hmm. district area that was like 15 minutes away from Albany. So like hanging out with Black people, still being immersed in Black culture, still going to parties, still doing all those things. That was a way that I've kind of found balance. But it it was tough. Like I I never felt like I never felt appreciated or or included or wanted in, in high school until senior year and then when senior year hit and you know I think it was like the, the second to last month before graduation we went to prom we had this whole big like cabin after prom it was probably the most diverse it literally looked like a, a brochure pamphlet for like a, a college like a PWI like literally everyone mm-hmm. from every background every nationality ethnicity whatever and I remember graduating and being like damn like if only I had this community before like the four years prior like I felt like I would have been good but I didn't and and after that after graduating I just remember like these white boys like hitting me up like oh you know I've always had a crush on you but I never said anything and it's like bro like one it's too late for that because now I'm definitely not interested (laughs) and two what were you what what was your fear your fear of walking in the hallways holding hands with a black girl you know like it's just it was it was a it was a crazy crazy Bro, experience hell yeah. like hell yeah I in high school yeah. I had a girl tell me like yo listen I can never bring you home I can never date you because my family will never approve of me dating a black guy straight up That's- straight up told me that and I was like damn you know what I mean and I, I I didn't fuck with her from that day on but it was just like damn like there's really people out there like that like you know what i mean shit Mm -hmm. like that so it made me wonder like so are you even fucking with me because you actually like me or is this some type of rebellious i want to fuck with a black guy because i know Mm -hmm. my family hates black guys yeah like is this an experiment Mm -hmm. for you and that's when i opened my eyes and i was like damn bro like everybody ain't for you like you can't be oblivious to this shit bro it's out there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely that's why like um coming down here, like live, moving to Brooklyn, as crazy as it sounds, it was kind of like a culture shock for me because I've never been in spaces in, in supermarkets where like literally the environments I'm in are like mostly black. They're playing um, Gerald LeVert through the, the, the like <laughs> speaker. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just a completely different environment where I'm, I step outside and I see nothing but black and brown people literally like I just am immersed in this diverse culture and it's just so radically different from like how I grew up and and I appreciate it and I and I realize like you know like as a black person who grew up in a predominantly white space like it's important to be in these spaces so you can be reminded that you like you are valued you are seen like you are represented like don't sit here and and sit in these 
um, predominantly white spaces and feel like you're less than and feel like you're not worthy enough because I spent many of my years feeling like that. So, yeah. That's a fact. Well, I'm happy happy with this, good sister. Yeah. Welcome to New York, happy baby. To be here, well, the city. <laughs> happy happy to be. Well, the city. <laughs> yes. Um, so, two, so two questions before I go ahead and wrap up because we're coming up on two hours. Um, the first question is a spicy question. Um, describe your sex life with a song title. Pleasure Principle. <laughs> I'm pleasure because I'm 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 a pleaser. Like when I have sex, I only get off if she's getting off. So I need okay. to I need to oh, please. I need to please. So it's like, if, if I'm not, if, if you're not getting anything out of it and I can sense that, like, I'll personally stop. Like, yo, what's up? Like, what am I doing wrong? Like, or I'll just be like, you know what? Like, it's not working. But more times than likely, before we even, I'm very good at, like, before I even get to that point with a woman, figuring out what makes her tick. Like, you know what I mean? What she likes, what she doesn't like. Uh, is she rough? Is she more submissive? Is she aggressive? I, I try to get a gist of that before I even lay down with somebody. That way I know I can put on my best best performance. So Pleasure Principle would be the, the song title for me. <laughs> you know what made it funny about that, bro? That song was like the third song on my little list right there, bro. That made it extra hilarious, bro. Nah, but um, I'm going to say Common Come Close. Mm. For the internet. Ooh, okay. mm. You know, got that real internet, you know. Got to hold this up to you. Got to hold it real tight. You understand me? Yeah, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it simple, just like that, bro. Come close by Cobb. If you know that song, you know the vibe. You know the vibe. The Janet song, that's different. That's a good song. That's good. That was that was good. I ain't gonna front. That was good. Thank you. You know, I try. I try to make the right moves with the world watching. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you was ready for that question. Clearly, wow, shot that out quick. Um, I'm gonna keep it PG. I'm gonna say Pillow Talk by um Tiffany Goucher because I like absolutely adore like just laying up mm. with like someone like I'm really feeling or my significant other and just having like deep conversation. Like I'm a very probing type of person. I love having thought provoking dialogue. So like if there's anything I can do to like kind of pick your brain or like just get to know you more or make you think or you know unlock something that you haven't thought about in a long time, like I, I live for that. So and it obviously is always the best after a popping ass session. It so, is. Yeah. That, that is true. That's a fact, Jack. So the last question is a sweet question. So now that this game is over, what is one thing that you will remember about me? And I'll answer that for you, too. Okay. One thing I will remember about you now that you said it, is that you probe. You like picking people's brains. So now when I'm around you and you start <laughs> no, you picking, I'm like, I, I know. Solid, bro. I, yeah, I, I, I know what Simone is up to. I'm, I'm be like, I know what Simone is up to right pot. now. She's trying to stir the pot. No, I know. I'm just playing with you. I'm just playing with you. I would say for Simone, it was the whole you, <laughs> five people graduate, five black people mm-hmm. graduate out of 500 people. Yeah, that's crazy. That being so, like, there's no hiding. There's no hiding with that. So, even you getting out of that school, I congratulate you. Yes. Because I don't, with, with I don't think, I, I was, yeah, bro, I don't think I could have done it, bro. Because somebody asked yeah. me, oh, you ever been shot before? <laughs> I, bro, I, I probably would have lost it. 
So I congratulate you. You've been being out here and being comfortable out here, bro. I congratulate you with that, bro. A lot of people, it's hard for a lot of people to adjust. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, Don, I will say for you, um, I always knew that you were kind of like a shy, reserved person, but I didn't know that like you had this, this mentality of feeling like you're being intimidated when you are out in this space, in this industry space. I thought that maybe it was just like your anxiety, like kind of happening, but you really just don't enjoy the spotlight. And that's okay. Like as a, and I feel like there's this pressure as a creative that we need to always be at the forefront. Um, and and I, and I mean, I, I felt like I dug into you before too. Like, yo, why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing that? Like, it's okay. So I, I respect that. And I understand that. And I won't pressure you anymore. For sure. No, you good. Yeah, yeah. Nah, sure. I need so to pressure, pressure sometimes, though. I do need to pressure for good reason. It's not to got to exactly. And and re-brand. I think like you found your own so. groove anyway, with like kind of branding yourself, like Don the camera guy, like you know, stepping into this videography and photography space. So I feel like you know, you you know, maybe Lashawn is the talking head of the brand, but you know, you're the visuals. So you know. Of course, and Roach, I just feel like this conversation, like honestly, like I've I've known you for some years, but I feel like it's probably the most in depth that we've had in conversation. And I just feel like with you, I just I you one you be preaching, and I'm like I'm definitely whenever I. <laughs> I try word. not to. That's I really try word. not to, though. But like the way I talk, and I have a lot of lingo, and I, I got a lot of like sayings that I keep yeah, in my head. No, no, it just good. always comes I'm up not that way. Preaching in a bad way at all. Like you, you literally you're delivering the good word today. And I think, and what I was going to say is, like, I never realized how much we had in common, and especially like the way that we think, um, in terms of just like how how we we see things in the workplace and how we we see people and you know how we we navigate in this world so definitely feel like yeah like you know grown grown closer to Mm -hmm. having a a deeper understanding of who you are of both of you honestly like i love this conversation i think that this little silly game that i made up served its purpose um and yeah it's great and it did it's fine (laughs) shout out to you bro you be making shit up on the fly bro i'm about to go a lot of you this is dope. I'm I just hyped. I finally got on the show. <laughs> yeah. I've been, yo, yeah, bro, bro. I've been asking for some years, bro. That's so good. I, finally, I, could, I could finally I tell my mom I made it. I'm gonna send her the I'm link. I'm telling you, bro. And, Simone, <laughs> Angie, Angie Martinez will be trying to put, put people on her show, bro. It's been a minute. Throw this on my resume. Listen. I also did an episode of Bonnet to Do Rags. You know how Shit, I feel about both of you. And I hope that you guys have developed some sort of friendship as well. Cause I feel like I could feel some synergy on y'all sides. Nah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, ain't fun. Yeah. <laughs> Good vibes. Yeah. Good. Oh, I love this. Okay. Okay. So before we wrap this up, please go ahead and plug your social media handles where people can find you and like if you have any projects that you're working on that you want to shout out. Um, so you can follow me at Don Peasley, D-O-N-P-E-Z-L-Y, Don the Camera Guy, Don the Camera Guy. And um, you can also follow my podcast at What's a Good Guy on all platforms as well. Thank you for listening to us. Yes, yes. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Just Roach, everything spelled properly, J-U-S-T-R-O-A-C-H dot underscore. My Twitter is Just Being Roach, everything spelled properly again on that. Uh, like I said in the beginning, if you need working capital needs, holla at me. I'll figure it out. 
Wait, to hit you up. You doing financial oh, advising? Because yeah. I need an advisor. Oh, I, I, I'm going I'm to I'm start dibble dabbling in that. All right, we're going to talk. Um, and then, as you know, I am the host via Simone. You can follow me on Instagram via dot Simone on Twitter via Simone underscore. Um, and please be sure to like, listen and subscribe and rate and all of that good stuff for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you consume podcast audio we are over there now um and be sure to follow us on social media as well uh bonnets do rags no and on instagram twitter and and um facebook excuse me b-o-n-n-e-t-s-d-u-r-a-g-s and also you can visit our website bonnets and we actually just officially sold out of the merch so there are no more niggas why a lot shirts there are no more shirts <laughs> But I appreciate every single order that came in over the last couple of days. We are donating those proceeds to the Innocence Project so we can make sure that our Black brothers and sisters um, are being supported and being proven innocent because that is a new form of slavery and it's to be stopped and dismantled. So, yeah. But yeah, thank you both for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. No, no problem. Thank you. Shout out to y'all, Pillow Talk Pod Squad. (laughs) Yeah, shout out to the Pillow Talk Pod. (laughs) We love and appreciate you for sure. All right. Have a great night, everyone. Bye.